episode 43 Thriller Night special featuring CJ Davila is dedicated to the legendary songwriter and Michael Jackson collaborator Rod Temperton. Rod created thrilling, timeless work with Michael and you'll be forever loved and missed. Thank you for the music. The following is a presentation from the MJ Cast, the internet's premier podcast on all things Michael Jackson. You're listening to the MJ Cast by MJ fans or MJ fans. The idea is to uh, innovate, or else why, why am I doing it? When I create my music, I feel like an instrument of nature. You let it create itself, really. I know I do. And I love to entertain. That's that's one of my favorite things. Welcome to the MJ Cast, your source of news and discussion on the King of Pop. Happy Thriller Night, listeners. Welcome to episode 43, Thriller Night Special featuring CJ Davila. Spooky. Q, welcome back to the MJ Cast. I am back. I've come back out of my little grave <laughs> just in time for Thriller Night. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's so good. You you got your fast internet, you're back on board 100%. This is awesome. I hope so. I hope you can hear me. You can hear me. I can hear you perfectly. It's really, it's much good. smoother than before actually. So it's great. Okay. Yeah. I got like the hubs dug out the, the big microphone and hooked that up last night. So yeah, hopefully that improves the quality a little bit. But yeah, we're back into the swing of things. We've actually already done a recording before this, but uh, here we are. I am back and got the team together again. Woo! Yeah, that was a fun recording. We recorded a it special, was. special conversation with a special Michael Jackson collaborator. Hey, I just said special two times in a row. Q. Oh, thank <laughs> God this isn't a drinking game. <laughs> Jamin's word of the month is special. Have you guys noticed? Because Q's been paying me out about it and I, I don't know. Am I saying special a lot? Hmm. Yeah, you are. Yeah, okay. But, of course, we are not alone on this Thriller Night episode because I get lonely and scared. So, we needed company and we are so thrilled to have back on the show Jenkins. Jenkins, hello, welcome. Hello. hello. Hey, uh, man. Jenkins, uh, the, the, the newest Ghostbuster. <laughs> 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 awesome. is this, this this is the the Ghostbuster podcast, right? Is this yes, the... it is. Yes. Yeah. Okay, sort of. I was making sure. Yeah, because I, I I remember you guys calling me like, oh yeah, I started this new Ghostbuster podcast, and I was like, yeah, I'll totally be on it. You know, right, guys? <laughs> um, um, yeah, that's that's how we that's how we got you on the show. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Ghostbusters. All right. Yeah. So, how you guys think about the new one? Good, huh? I liked it. I never saw it. <laughs> it was good fun. I I loved the movie. I thought it was great. Yeah, it was really cool. It was good fun. I really enjoyed it. I'll probably get the Blu-ray, actually. Wasn't the last episode we were talking all about Ninja Turtles and now we're talking about Ghostbusters? Well, we can talk about Ninja Turtles as well. I actually <laughs> enjoyed the new one. It had good stuff in it. So it was, it there was, was still it some was really stupid good. moments, but it was a lot better than the first Abomination. Yeah. if I think, I think personally, if they would have came out with this one first before they did the 2014 one, I think... I think people would have been okay with it, and I don't think the the uh, the franchise would have been ran into the ground like it is now. So yeah, totally. They should not have done the first one. They should have led with this, with all the stuff from the uh, the cool you know cartoon that we grew up with. And so yeah, Krang was scary. There's some Halloween yeah. stuff for 
I hope someone dresses up as Krang for Halloween. Oh my god, I went to a Comic-Con the other day and somebody was dressed up as the old school Krang and it was fantastic. Have you got pictures? Uh, no, I didn't uh, I didn't take a picture. I, I'm oh. so bad with taking pictures, I normally never do. It's, it's well, awful. if you find any online, just hit me up to send me a text. Okay. Cool, but yeah, thank you so much. You've been away for a while and you've just dropped your your halloween thriller night sort of episode this week as well yeah finally it took me too long to to, uh, uh, to get it done but it's out it's finally out yay uh, this out of all the episodes i've done this was uh i guess it's gonna sound terrible but this was the most boring to write i just it wasn't like i knew it i knew i had to do it but i thought i would find more information about starlight and unfortunately, there's just not a lot of info about just the actual song Starlight. It's all, you know, and so I was kind of hoping it would be like, um, for those that don't know, the episode is um, all about Thriller, ever how it came to be and all that good stuff. Uh, but I was trying to find more more info on the before Thriller, but there's just not a lot of info on it. So, Well, it's funny that like it was only when we were sort of putting our show notes together for this show that I was thinking about the song starlight and i was like well what came first like did rod write it as starlight or i was really wondering what order things came in and where at what point it sort of changed so yeah, yeah it was good getting that context in your show and then hearing more about the making of the the, the video in the film that was really awesome yeah it was it, it was it was cool i i think it's like with the episode, it's one of those things where I like making the episodes because I think these kind of little things need to be done just for just for the history out there for people to to can't they, they can go one place and say um, here's exactly what happened with Thriller and you can listen to it in 40 minutes you know yeah. and then you, you you learn that one thing about it and so that's that's why I kind of like steering the Moonwalk Talks episodes more towards that direction of more of like an audio history of what's going on with Michael Jackson uh, but yeah it, it wasn't that fun to write because <laughs> I, I script the whole thing and so I just it took me so long to do it plus trying to find and then you know and then right in the middle of it uh, and this will kind of this is our segue Rod Temperton had passed away right when I was in the middle of writing it and so then after that a lot more information came out as far as Rod Temperton stuff goes so it was um was uh, a little easier to find some some of the info on starlight and thriller yeah that was um unfortunate timing definitely very sad very sad but before we segue into that jenkins and we do want to get to talking about rod temperton and reflecting on him q and i have a little surprise for you Uh oh uh oh do you remember when we did our simulcast episode and i think for moonwalk talks that was episode 11 um, uh-huh. you sprung a little interview on us at the start of the show. <laughs> Which yeah, I still <laughs> love. I still look back on that like, yeah. oh, wow. Okay, cool. We, you took us by surprise. No one had ever interviewed us before. And then we were just like, bam, okay, we're being interviewed. So uh-huh. we are going to do the same thing with you today. Oh, yeah. snap. Okay. And you know what's <laughs> funny about this is that, is that this time I was actually going to, I was going to try to spring another interview on you guys. I mean, I didn't do it yet. I didn't any questions but i was like you know what i should do i should spring another interview on them and like every single time i come on it's just like get like a like a like a like a like a this is what this is what this is where the mj cast is now you know it's like and then so so be prepared it'll, it's gonna have to happen again now <laughs> okay no worries cool so i'll lead you off with an easy question all right so how did you get into mj jenkins um i got into michael jackson uh because my dad 
Um, my dad, he is a he was a huge Michael Jackson fan. Is he still alive? Um, a huge Michael Jackson fan. And uh, when I was a kid, um, we uh, he he was a he's we don't really talk. He's an abusive guy, and so my mom left him. And um, but he kind of he listened to a lot of Michael Jackson. So when I was little, uh, when Dangerous came out, uh, my mom like I loved it. Like I don't like it would come on the radio, it would come on TV. I wanted to listen to it, but my mom didn't own any Michael Jackson album. She didn't own a single Michael Jackson thing because she knew how much my dad loved Michael Jackson. So she kept all that crap out of the house. And so, but I remember seeing like, the videos on the on the um, on the TV and. I'm I remember hearing it on the radio and anytime it would come on the radio my mom would change the radio and uh and so I was, yeah i was like she didn't want me she didn't want me liking michael jackson because it was just too close to my dad and he was such a bad person and so uh so anyway so long story short she tried to shy me away from it but she knew that she couldn't so on my i think it was my uh let's see i was i had it been seven six or seventh birthday i think it was she bought me the dangerous album and from then on, it's just been it's been love ever since. I just remember like that album, man, just changed my life. And mm. so I like it to me like it's still nowadays. I just I remember listening to it as a kid, and it was just like it, it it blew me away. So yeah, so that's how I got into Michael Jackson. Cool. Now before there was the MJ cast and the Dream Lives On and the different Michael Jackson podcasts that are out there at the moment, there was another Michael Jackson podcast that inspired myself definitely in queue um, when we started doing our show and that show is your show moonwalk talks so i appreciate that i've always wanted to know what like when you started moonwalk talks how did you perceive the michael jackson podcast landscape and i guess why did you want to start it i really wanted to do a podcast i was listening to a bunch of different podcasts and um like uh, the 10-minute podcast, which I still listen to religiously. Um, I listen to Bill Burr. I listen to a bunch of different podcasts. Um, and I was like, you know what? I really just want to make one. And so I was like, what can I make one on? And then and I was like, well, there's only two things that I really just like love to death, Michael Jackson and Ninja Turtles. And so I was like, well, maybe I could do a Ninja Turtle one. But I looked at there, and there's a bunch of different Ninja Turtle podcasts. And there's actually some really good ones out there. And they, like, I listened to one of them, and they already knew way more than I did about anything. And so I was like, there's no, there's no reason for me to go into this because they already have. So I was like, well, let me let me look where Michael Jackson podcast things are going. I saw that there was one, um, it was like a thriller, it was, it was like a thriller cast or something like that. And I think it was a promo for the release of the 25th anniversary, but it only had like maybe like 15 episodes and they were all maybe two or three minutes a piece. So I knew that one was debunked. Plus they stopped doing it in like 2008 or 2009 or something. It might have even been before that. It might have been 2006. I don't remember. But um, anyway, and so there was another, there was a couple of other podcasts. One of them, I don't remember what the podcast name was, uh, but it was, it was, it was Guy, I don't know, I don't, I think it had terrible quality and I don't eat, like, you couldn't understand what the guy was saying. And I, there was a lot of episodes. I don't know if it's still up, but uh, um, he had a bunch of episodes. I think it was like almost 50, 50 some episodes and it was all just nonsense. You couldn't understand anything. I know. I hope he's <laughs> not listening to this, but it was like you just you couldn't understand it. And so you, I don't. They had no ratings. Nobody was even listening to it. So I was like, well, this isn't really a quality podcast. And so then I was like, uh, let me check it. There was I think there was one other one that had that did maybe seven episodes and quit. So there was I would say I saw about three or four different Michael Jackson podcasts that just stopped doing it. Um, so I was like, well, let me do this. It's like it, uh, you know I I know enough about Michael Jackson to to get it flowing plus i could research stuff and so i just decided hey 
this is the podcast that I'm gonna do. And then uh, and then you guys came and blew me out of the water. <laughs> no, <laughs> not quite. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's it's great to see the podcasts that are going on now. It's like you guys are so fantastic. You guys are doing such a great thing with it. Um, and then uh, the, uh, Elizabeth, uh, she's doing fantastic. Um, and Karen. And then yeah. isn't there? Isn't there another one that's starting up? Yeah. We hope so. Yeah, we hope yeah. so. It's called, I think it was One Glove. One Glove. One Glove. One Glove. That's what it was, yeah. yeah. Love that yeah. name. So I'm excited to see where they're going. Yeah. All right. So how did you come up with the format of like one topic per show? With the podcast that I listen to, like um, like TED Talks mm. and um, she's with a, a, an American Live uh god there's another one hold on let me look at my podcast um it, radio lab that's the one i'm thinking of uh but yeah they have like this sort of format where it's story oriented and you know it has uh, cuts in it where, with with interviews and everything and they, it, it's kind of the same thing that i'm doing said you know so i'm pretty much copying them and uh, i just figured it'd be fun to bring that to a michael jackson platform and when i first started i didn't want to i didn't think i was going to do it that way i really didn't know what i was going to do um i was just kind of like hey, let me just start talking about michael jackson and see what happens the the first episode was with with the who did the moonwalk i knew that that was going to be more of a topic based one uh but even then it's not how i do it now with as far as scripting the the episodes and bringing in you know audio cuts and um editing it to where it's more of a story and more of a you know like an, uh, an audio book instead of just a discussion uh, but a couple of the episodes I did were just discussion ones. It's like because I just didn't know exactly how I wanted the f- structure to go. But now I'm pretty set on um, scripting every episode, doing audio cuts, you know, making it more of an audio book instead of just a you know random discussion. You know, it, it, so yeah, my rambling. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's <laughs> no, not at all. It's great. Um, one thing I've noticed about your show is over time, it's really evolved into something that's become a very produced and fine-tuned sort of show with a lot of musical sort of background stuff, interludes yeah. and things like that. Um, it's almost like it's a really well-produced radio show now. And I want to know, like, why why have you decided to take it in that direction? Um, it was it was mainly because uh, of the new, like, you guys. It's like, uh, you guys have the... The discussion thing down it's like you guys and this this is this is your realm you know it's like you guys are doing a fantastic job of this you guys are having great special guests you guys are really uh the forefront of michael jackson knowledge you know uh for when it comes to uh the past present and future and so uh to me i, I didn't i didn't feel like i needed to do that anymore because i think only, there was only like maybe two episodes that i did that i just had me and other people talking about stuff um, and as far as like, I think I only did maybe two or three news segments. I don't remember, but I just felt I didn't need to do it that way anymore. You guys have that market held down, which is great. Is like, and so there doesn't need to be four four Michael Jackson podcasts all doing the exact same thing. So I decided uh, with Moonwalk Talks, what I'll do is I will make it more of an audio show, just something mm. that you know um, I can I can produce and and make um, and just kind of. I, I, I want it to kind of aim towards people who don't know that much about Michael Jackson that are kind of learning something for the first time. And if I can actually bring something that most Michael Jackson fans uh, don't know already, then I, that's cool too. But it is, I do want it to kind of be more of a, if, if 
if somebody, you know, in, in, in a history class was trying to teach something about Michael Jackson or something, they could go to my podcast and be like, look, this is how Thriller was made. Or, or uh, this is a story between Michael Jackson and Prince. And they get like a bite-sized version of it to go on. Yeah. Nice. What do you think the future of Michael Jackson podcasting sort of holds? Um, you know, I'm not sure really. Because, uh, uh, you know, it's like, I don't know. I don't really know. It's like, because podcasts, they go in and out, really. They'll be real popular for a while, and then they'll kind of die down, and then they'll come back again. I mean, they, like, podcasts have been around for so long, so it's kind of difficult to tell um, how it's how it's going to uh, evolve and continue. Um, I, I, I think that, especially with the with the addition, like with the popularity of audiobooks coming out now, I think podcasts will actually it will help podcasts in that in that way because people are listening to more information. Um, they're, they're, yeah, they're listening to more information instead of reading it nowadays. Uh, so I think I think I think podcasts still have a you know a very decent market here, and I think I think it's. I, I just hope that as far as you know, it is good to, to see all these new Michael Jackson podcasts, but I really hope that every single one of them will go a different direction and not do what everybody else is doing. Yeah. So, you know, so, and then, you know, and that's not, that's not a, a slide against nobody at all. I think that everybody, you know, is welcome. It is, I, th- I hope that everybody does find their niche and I hope they stick with it, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I think that sort of naturally happened already with the, the three main or the four main big ones out there. Yeah. Uh-huh. Jenkins, because I'm the technical guy at the show, I do all the recording and the editing. I'm really interested to hear what your podcast workflow is. Um, well, for the for the newer episodes, like the old ones, I would just set up and just record. Uh, but the new ones, I I, I write the, I write scripts, and it, it it really just depends on how long it takes me. Like when I did the real MJ one, uh, where I was pissed off, is like I like I, I wrote that super quick. It was like uh, like four thousand words. I wrote it real fast. I think I got it done in a night and recorded it in a night. And then um, and normally the recording and editing, I do all at one time. It's like I'll just sit down and record it and then uh, edit it as I'm recording. And then um, and then after I get all the recording done, that's like that's my favorite part. Like the scripts, I don't like writing scripts. And so I actually put on my new episode that I'm actually looking for somebody to help me write scripts. So if I could use your podcast as a platform to uh, have, (laughs) (laughs) if there's anybody out there that wants to help me write these scripts and research these topics, please hit me up at Jenkins at Jenkins.net because um, that is the most tedious task for me is is doing that one. But once I I get done with the scripts and then I go into um, actually recording, I get the recording done real quick. I've been recording since I was little so being on the mic's not a problem um and then uh once i get it recorded i edit the audio down and then that's when i get to have the fun part which is what i love doing is putting the music in there audio cues um different sound effects whatever whatever kind of makes it and then even when i write the script i still will even go back and cut some of the uh, pieces into different areas just so that way it flows better um with the prince episode uh, which I, I still think is one of my favorites is like that, like some of it I had to, I had to rearrange to where it did end up with a, you know, had a, had an act one, had an act two and had a climax at the end. And, um, and it's sort of the same thing with the, with the episode I did where I was talking about the real MJ. It's like, I wanted, I knew at the end, I wanted it to be like a, like a, uh, church revival, like a, like a speech, like a, like a, like I'm standing at a podium telling people, come on, you have to help, you know? 
And uh, so, I, but yeah, it's like, so after I get done with the editing and stuff like that, then I do all the cues, I mean, all the audio and stuff like that. And then uh, it, it's no, that normally happens pretty quick as far as the uh, getting the audio together. Just in re- before my next question, just in regards to the real MJ episode, I think those words of yours that I use a lot about be louder than the lies, uh-huh. I thought that was so just simply powerful that, yeah, I really, I use that a lot now. I hashtag it. And I think that's a really important message for, for MJ fans out there. Be louder than the lies. So thank you for those words. Yeah, no problem. It, it just, it made me so frustrated because I would see people on Facebook that would literally like when, when all that stuff dropped for the radar online thing, I'll, I'll, I'll try not to harp on it too much. Cause it just, it just made me so furious. But, uh, as like, I, there were so many people on there that literally just had no idea what they were talking about. And whenever I have to like fight with somebody, like when I go out somewhere and somebody's like, Oh man, but uh, you know, Michael Jackson's dope, but didn't he touch little boys or whatever? And I'm like, name the boy. I was like, I'm like, tell me the boy's name. Can you say the boys? Just tell me his last name. It's like, do you know anything about that boy whatsoever? And they'll be like, Oh no. And I'm like, then why are you saying stuff that you don't know anything about? And it'd be like, if I went to a, uh, to a college professor and then fought with him on atoms or something, you know, it's like, I, I'm, it's in a, it's in a realm that he, that they have no idea what they're talking about. They're just spewing nonsense because they hear it. They see it on a media. And so if nobody, if, if, if they're able to spew nonsense, we should be able to sit there and tell them, no, you're doing, you're, you're not, you're what you, what you're saying is wrong, you know? And, uh, and, oh, yeah, and, and and it gets frustrating having to deal with these people. But in that same aspect, it's like if we don't, then who will? Nobody will. Everybody will just continue to believe that this man did something he never did. And yeah, I just don't think that's fair. Sorry, didn't mean to. <laughs> no, that's all good. Well said, man. Well said. Yeah, and yeah, timely at the moment as well. So if you haven't, then check our show notes. We'll have a link to that episode of Jenkins Show Moonwalk Talks because it's it was one of the most powerful things that I've heard. So yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And that's one of the cool things about your show is that you have these great episodes that focus on his entertainment and his music, but then every once in a while you'll dip in and out of these really, you know, topical controversial issues like episode three, fake MJ vocals, the Casio tracks one, Uh, you know, you've got a hologram episode, you've got the real MJ. It's, it's great. It's great. Yeah, I, I, I try not to, you know, like I, I've said in, in the episode that I really didn't, don't want to talk too much about his, his, uh, like I, I for, like I've never once really de- said anything much about his, you know, ch- the child molestation charges except for that one episode, and that's just because I don't want that to be part of his history. And so when it, because his, because, uh, you know, time will always, uh, create new. And so whenever whenever it gets to a point i want when when so, when, I, when somebody looks back at michael jackson i want them to see episodes like the fun ones of who did the moonwalk or you know um the video games and such like that instead of seeing child molestation charges instead of seeing you know blah blah and so so when i go on twitter like like especially with this new recent thing that's been going on i haven't mentioned a single thing about it on any of my instagram or anything because i'm not giving them any more platforms you know that's what i'm saying it. that's like that's i'm not going to let them I'm not going to say, oh, oh, well, you know, let me argue with this girl about it. Now, if somebody says personally to me and, and tries to tell me some stuff, I'll be like, okay, well, here's actually the facts and here's the truth about this. But as far as, you know, pushing it, like I, I saw some of you guys' tweets about that as well, um, about how, you know, uh, somebody was actually linking the TMZ article. And it's like, no, 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 don't do that. What is wrong with you people? It's like, <laughs> mm-hmm, exactly. it's like don't give them that, you know. But, yeah, 
so I try to I try I, I want to do more fun stuff and I, I, I all the episodes that I have coming up are all really really fun and you know they don't I, I'm not I'm probably I, I don't know if I'll ever do I mean I, if if it comes down to it I will do another episode about you know because I do want to to set the facts straight as far as the Jordy Chandler stuff goes because a lot of people really just don't know it's like they really have no clue what happened they have no idea that the dude was you know trying to heart Michael Jackson for money on on uh because uh, he worked on robin hood prince of thieves and all this other stuff you know it's like they don't know that he was what his motives were they don't even know who these people are they just said all they heard was michael jackson paid somebody because he, they said he touched a kid that's all it's like I, they don't know I, the real thing i don't think it was the kevin costner one i think it was men in tights oh what what i say you said prince prince of thieves oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh, i've never bad. watched for that connection i've never watched that men in tights it's film. okay I, it's cheesy as all hell it's like super 90s it's pretty funny yeah but, but that's why uh, i never wanted to i never wanted to just have that connection to it yeah <laughs> anyway <laughs> kevin costner yeah. uh, hey um do you, you live in vegas is that correct uh, right now I live in Oklahoma. I moved from, oh. actually, yeah, when, when I first started, I was in Los Angeles for some years and then I went to Phoenix for a, co- for a year That's and right. then now I'm back at Tulsa with, uh, hometown. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I don't know if my next question fits then. I, I was going to say, have you, like, you've seen MJ one, but yeah. if you were in the neighborhood, I was going to ask if you'd gone to see the statue and all that sort of stuff. They have a statue there? Yeah. They have the original history statue um, created by De- Diana Walsack on display. That's crazy. And I'm sure you guys know this already, but you know that whenever he was um, looking to have his residency in Vegas, that his idea was to bring one of, one of the remaining statues from the history tour. And whenever he would be on stage, he would actually display it outside so that people knew that Michael Jackson was there. Wow. Um, so that's, that's kind of crazy that they, uh, that they have it there now. Yeah, I think it's in like the big the sort of entrance foyer or something. It's in a pretty big central location. They light it up at night and everything. But yeah, huh. it's awesome to see the original, not one of those ones that sort of toured around that doesn't look like Michael. Um, yeah. But yeah, this one is the real the real thing. The real deal. Well, I'll I'll yeah. take I'll take your next question if you want, then Jamin. Yeah, go for it. All right. So from your point of view as an MJ podcaster and a fan. What can other fans do to contribute for Michael Jackson? I think I think generally people should just treat him normal. It's like don't. I think I think everybody should just really make it seem like he's just a normal part of life. It's like like for for instance, um, I, when I'm at work, it's like I'll play Michael Jackson, and then they'll, they'll be like. Like, like people come in and be like, oh, Michael Jackson, you know, and I'm like, oh, yeah, he's dope. You know, I don't act crazy about him. I'm not, I don't start, you know, spouting off nonsense about, about him. All I say is, yeah, man, he makes great music, a fantastic artist. I listen to him all the time. Or I'll go have a Michael Jackson T-shirt on. and I'm like, oh, yeah, so you like Michael Jackson and really just make it more of a normal thing instead of all the craziness that people like to say about him. And so I think just being being normal about Michael Jackson helps. Um, yeah. I don't know. I love that answer. That's awesome. Yep. Love it. Be normal out there, y'all. Be normal. Yeah, it's like because some people can be a little, you know. I mean, I, I guess I guess it comes with everything is being a little fanatical about things. Yeah, and uh, and of course, like of course, you get a few drinks at me. I'm in a, I'm at a party and somebody starts talking about Michael Jackson. I will too, you know. And I because uh, <laughs> I can't help it. It's like I'll be like, oh yeah, I'm reading this book to where this happened. Da, 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 da. And did you know Michael Jackson did this and blah, blah blah. But I think just being normal and just making it seem that he's just another part of you know pop history. I think that kind of helps knock some of that other nonsense down and then people will remember 
oh yeah, he did do that. That's pretty awesome that he was just, you know, he was, he was really a part of everybody's lives. And, you know, some, uh, growing up, everybody will remember that, you know, he did bad, you know, they're like, oh my God, I love the way you make me feel, you know, it's like, it just, it's little things like that, that, that people forget that Michael Jackson did. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as far as you know, cause I'm not, I, I'm, I don't really have a lot of friends that are, you know, Michael Jackson fanatics. There's actually very few, pe- few of my friends that even own own his albums. But whenever something will come on, they'll be like, "Oh my God, I forgot that he did that. I love that song." And then they'll remember the normalcy of Michael Jackson that he was just a, that he was just a part of music. He was music. He was pop music, and 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 and, and we had him for a special amount of time, and people will start to remember that. What MJ songs are you feeling at the moment? Right now. What have I been listening to as far as Michael Jackson? Um, I listen to Baby Be Mine way too much. Uh, like, man, that's like that that song. I I, I probably uh, whenever I go to my MJ and just put shuffle, I'll probably skip everything until it goes to Baby Be Mine, and I'll <laughs> play that a lot. <laughs> yeah, I love that song, and I've been listening to a lot of the uh, uh, instrumental for Human Nature. It's like, man, that just the the music for that is just insane and so i don't listen with the vocals a lot now it's like just recently i mean of course i love it with the vocals but just the instrumental is like it's just insane so but baby be mine for sure cool i oh i want to know something about um moonwalk talks i don't know whether it was you telling me this or whether it was me coming up with the idea i just honestly can't remember now but i've always thought what would be a really cool moonwalk talks episode is sort of like the opposite of what you did with um there was one show you did where it was like songs Michael Jackson features on. I think oh, it was I like episode episode twelve or something. That's one of my favorites. I reckon it's what actually we- saved on my podcast. I kept that on there. So good, oh. so good. Uh, I actually learned things in that I had just no idea about, and that doesn't happen every day with <laughs> Michael Jackson stuff. So I love <laughs> that. Um, I've always thought what would be really cool is if you did an episode where it's like who, like, what are the top songs that michael features like rappers on for example oh yeah yeah me and you were talking about this that's actually the one i'm working on right now yeah oh awesome so you are doing it yes yes yes, yeah (laughs) i almost uh as far as well okay let let me do two things sorry um uh one of them is the top 10 episodes do you guys think that's a good idea because i always feel like that's sort of like i don't know it's like i don't want to be too buzzfeedy about it you know Mm. about michael jackson but I, that's why I was trying, like, when I do them, I don't just name the thing. I try to actually put some kind of, you know, information about the song. But, I like, I, I wanted to do more of those episodes, but I just don't, like, what do you guys think? Do you guys think it's kind of cheesy to do those, or? Would it be your top ten, or would you ask people and get a general top ten? No, it would, it would just be, like, the way that I'm doing them now. Like, just the top ten songs you may not, like, I did top ten songs you may not know about. I did the top ten. You know, because to me, there whenever I do those, it's not really about what I think is the best or what, which one. I, I mean, really, I, I really don't put them in a top 10. They could actually be any anything. I think I put it with the one that has the most um, fun story. Mm. So okay, cool. Even, even if there's other other uh, episodes, like uh, songs that might actually sound better, the uh, I, I like to put them in there if it has a nice story to it, except for the 3T one. Because uh, that one, man, I just, I, I had so much to rip on. So I was like... <laughs> <laughs> Which is awful. I shouldn't know, man. But oh yeah. But then the other thing was, geez, I forgot what it was now. What what was what was the question? I was I was saying maybe you could do like oh the rapper the one. rapper song the, the featuring rappers. Yeah, I'm working on that right now. I actually just started the script for it, and nice. just to give a little sneak peek of it, the reason why I think this one's so much fun is because I know uh, I know a few people 
know about it, but um, because the episode is going to talk about every single rapper that Michael Jackson worked with. And there's also things, places where people stopped working with him, like Jay-Z, who didn't want to be on on the Invincible album uh, or a subsequent album after that. I don't remember. Wycliffe Jean is similar to that. He worked with Michael on a Refugee Camp remix in Blood of the Dance Floor, and he's given interviews saying that Michael Jackson didn't pay him for his work with him, so they just stopped working together or something. Okay, yeah, I've heard about that one, but I have to look at that one. But also, there was a um, uh, a thing where MC Hammer, did you, you know about that thing with how, where he dissed Michael Jackson? Yes. Yeah, and so so I want to kind of dig into that one and try to because I, I I I heard about it some years ago, but it's like I when I actually saw the video of of MC Hammer dissing Michael Jackson, I'm like first off, who does MC Hammer <laughs> think he is? If Hell he ever yeah. Thought- at once that he could ever be as great as Michael Jackson. And so it's like, it, to me, it's just the silliest thing. So I wanted to dig a lot into that because I thought that would make the episode a lot of fun trying to get some of that story. Because I, I don't know if MC Hammer's ever acknowledged it a- after that, you know. Um, but I'll, I'm, I'm still researching, so it should be fun. Looking forward to I'm it. Excited. I want to I learn a little bit about some of these really abstract rappers MJ work with, like the dude on... There's like a guy on like one of the Invincible tracks, like Heartbreaker or Invincible or something. That's like, I didn't know anything else he ever did. So how did he got get on an MJ? Song? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I know you're talking about. Uh, yeah, and also um, the the one where uh, like the another interesting story was the black or white rap. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. For, uh, the guy that did that, geez, I I forget his name, but he uh, he just the whole story was that was that he just ended up laying down the vocals for somebody else to rap. That's because that's when he was working a lot with Teddy Riley, of course, you know, for Dangerous. And uh, God, it was what was his name? Oh, I, just, I can't remember. Brad Bucks is Brad Bucks or white? Is he a white guy? Yeah, he's a white guy. Yeah, he's, he's a, yeah he's I think it actually might. Producer. It might have been that, Brad. Yeah, it could have been actually. Yeah, it might have been him, but he just laid it down, just thinking, just uh, uh, getting it ready for somebody else to do it. And then Michael Jackson walked in and was like, "No, let's leave it." And so you know. Uh, you got some random white dude rapping on black or white. It's like that, and nobody, nobody knows who is it, who that, that it's him. But there's a there's a whole um, thing about it, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna get that one out there as well. So, nice. I don't remember. Ah, uh, I think it was Bill Billy Batrell. Bill Batrell. Billy Batrell. That's who it was. That's yeah, yeah. it. It's a B. Billy Batrell. Brad yeah. Bucks or Bill Batrell. Something with the bees. That was it. That was that was. That's our interview. Well, thank you guys. I appreciate that. It's it's, it's good. To, it's good to get some of that out there. I I, I appreciate that. That's All okay. right. Thanks for joining us to the show, everyone. Have a good Halloween. All right. Yeah, <laughs> okay. <good>. Bye. bye. This day marching I promise I would never ever be returned When my baby broke my heart and left me yearning As we walked to the room There were faces staring, glaring, tearing through me Someone said welcome to the doom And they smiled with eyes that looked as if they knew me Give me this is heartbreak. Put 
Hey, this is really, really Brad Sundberg, studio engineer and technical director for Michael Jackson and host of In the Studio with MJ. You're listening to the MJ cast. Of course, yes, it is Halloween season, but I really am a strong believer that this is like the ultimate Michael Jackson holiday, isn't it? It's like what else suits than Halloween? So we did a poll on Twitter and we got <laughs> what hundreds of responses, hundreds of votes on the poll asking should Halloween be renamed as Thrillerween or Thriller Night. Somehow Thriller Night won the poll by a landslide. Um, I was shocked and surprised. <laughs> Maybe we'll do another poll next year just to check. But anyway, so. <laughs> what did you guys vote for? I was thinking Thrillerween. I voted Thriller Night. And this is where Q's going to kill me. <laughs> I clicked Thrillerween. Cool. Thank you, Jamin. You're fired. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, don't actually, because I know how to use a toaster and that's about my technological <laughs> capabilities. So that would be of no help to this show. You just get, be getting slices of toast in the post and that's it. Um, so, yeah, anyway, so Thriller Night, that is that is what we need to celebrate. So I'm actually going to be – I've decorated the house, like in Australia – Halloween is sort of growing slowly. Um, each year the shops get more stuff to buy. And um, I've actually got a few little decorations on the house. I've got some decorations in the house, hoping to get a couple of trick-or-treaters. I've got a ton of chocolate that I've been collecting. Sort of so if I do get any kids coming, they're going to get full-size candy bars at my house. So I'll be the most popular house on the street, I'm hoping. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I'm actually going to put like a thriller poster up probably in the front window of the house as well. And I think we really, as fans, need to really start building this up as years go on to really make it the official Thriller Night Michael Jackson holiday to celebrate. I think that's, that would be awesome. It, it truly is. Like it, Anytime that I see a commercial on, on the TV uh, for a costume shop, for anything, they're always playing Thriller. It's always Thriller. It's like... Every single time, even if they can't afford Thriller, they do like an <laughs> off type of version of Thriller. And they're like the notes would just be a little bit like dun dun, dun 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 dun. dun, dun, dun you know? <laughs> They'll cut it so that way they can get away with it. But yeah, it's like you 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 can't do Halloween without Thriller. You can't. So Halloween is let's just end it now and just rename it Thriller Night for now. And yeah, so everyone. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, but get out there and really start making this. As a fan, the Michael Holiday folks. And that's why we sort of do these Thriller Night specials. This is our second year in a row of doing one. And we're thrilled to have Jenkins with us. We're going to do some news headlines now. And then our discussion today is going to be all about the awesome thriller and Halloween-y sort of ghosty stuff that Michael did throughout his career. And then we've got a special little chat with CJ Devilla about the track Monster that he worked on. Ooh, I'm excited to hear about this. Nice. What are you talking about? You were there. <laughs> you were there oh. for that recording. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right, guys. Yeah, I was there, right? <laughs> <laughs> that was our warm-up for this show. Yeah. Nice. All right, so we'll start with the news headlines. And, of course, we mentioned already Rod Temperton passed away at age 66. And that was... You know, that was sad news. He he did a lot to contribute to Michael's 
position in history, I think. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I totally agree. It is a very, very sad thing um, whenever a Michael Jackson collaborator dies. But, you know, Rod was such a central figure in Michael's, um, I guess, I wouldn't say early career at all because he wasn't involved in sort of the Jackson 5 or the Jacksons. Um, Mid-career. Mid-career. But yeah, mid-career, sort of like that that off-the-wall thriller time period, especially with the songs Off the Wall and then, of course, Thriller um, and Rock With You. And it's just, you know, it's just a, a, a really sad moment that another person that Michael, that was so central to Michael's career has passed away. I feel very sad for his family because he was obviously, you know, 66 isn't old really at all. So, he was, no. you know, a yeah. young age and... Um, there was still, I feel personally, so much that still could have been learned from Rod um, in conversation. So, but luckily, we have those great interviews he did as a part of the Thriller uh, and Off the Wall early two thousands reissues. Yeah, and he really didn't do a lot of interviews. It's like because um, I, I was researching the Thriller thing for for my episode, and I could it was I had a hard time really finding a lot of you know uh, video or audio of him talking about really anything at all. So um, hopefully, you know, some of the some some more stuff will resurface since he passed. But as a great BBC um, sort of special, I think it was a BBC Radio one or two or something special that was put out years ago. It's really quite long. It's like a couple of hours long, but they play a lot of great Rod Tepperton related music and talk all about his work as a part of Heatwave and him writing for other artists. And then, of course, Michael Jackson. Yeah, and it's crazy because the the Michael Jackson segment on that it's not really that long. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, very sad, very sad. But his legacy will live on uh, through his own music and Michael's music, and I'm glad that you know, especially in this season, you know, Thriller Night season, that his music is going to be celebrated and listened to a lot. Yeah, because I can't imagine a Starlight season. <laughs> So, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Starlight season. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would have been an odd little holiday. Yeah. So more talk about Thriller. John Landis dropped. Well, I have a fit. Like, seriously, how many years in a row has little bits of this news sort of come out that something related to Thriller has been in the works? But John Landis has said that next year, um, a thriller project will be revealed. Finally, is, is he talking about the the, the release of uh, of it in theaters? Is that what that is? Or well, we don't okay. know. They haven't given really like. There's been 3D talk before. There's yeah. There's been a lot of sort of speculation and not a lot of evidence of what actually this project is. I'll tell you why I want it to be. I would be, and Jamin, I know that you're going to build on this because you're in a similar mind. I think that they should release it in theatres. In 3D would be cool as an option. You don't have to do it in 3D, but 3D would be good fun. Um, and they should, you know, play the whole thing in theatres and then they could double it up with ghosts and they should do it at Halloween season, thriller night season. That's Totally when they should do it. I don't want this at Easter. I, I want this at to celebrate Thriller Night. So do it at the appropriate month of October. Um, and then I want a goddamn Blu-ray release. Put Thriller and the making of Thriller and Ghosts and the full making of Ghosts plus extras on Blu-ray, even a double Blu-ray, whatever. Just put it out on Blu-ray. And then I want 
like a Halloween mix of music without the fake monster. Put the real one on it if you want, but like just the songs that are out there now will be fine. Just put a little remix, sort of mega mix. That's what I mean, a mega mix EP out. Eddie Go Bananas yeah. on iTunes. If it was called like, just say it was called like Thriller Night Mega Mix. First of all, yep, everybody done. on Halloween searching the keyword thriller on iTunes yep. are going to find that done. and they're going to buy it. Lock it in. If you make it like $4.99 or something, you know, yep. just it's, it'd go crazy and and put it on Spotify, put it on Apple Music. Um, it, it would become, if you had like a 30-minute mega mix Halloween stuff with, with all of the different Michael Jackson Halloween theme songs on there, it would become the Halloween Anthem Party album. Yeah. It'd be massive. I just can't believe they haven't done that yet. But So, yeah, that, that's what I want. The only thing I disagree with Q a little bit, and I don't know whether... Like, the thing is, if they put Thriller in the cinema, like, and we know that there's, there's a Thriller project coming next year. We know it's going to be a project. And it's probably going to go to the cinemas because we've heard other leaked news around that or other possibilities around that. I honestly don't think people are going to drive to the cinema to watch a 15-minute movie. No, that's why I said put it with ghosts. Make it like a double. It's got to be with something else. Like, And that's what I worry they're going to do. I worry that they're going to screw this project up by, okay, that'd be awesome if they put it out on Blu-ray and they need to do that. But even if they do it as a limited run in a cinema, no one's going to drive to watch a 15-minute thing unless you're a hardcore Michael Jackson fan. They've got to pair it with ghosts and and make it a big a part of a bigger thing. Like I what I think they could potentially do is fill it out with some so like the bad 25-ish format where they might have some lots of making of footage and interviews uh, and then fill it out with thriller and ghosts in that. Um, because like a documentary, but yeah, a documentary, but featuring the full films within them because they're short enough, I think, to to make that happen, maybe. But like, and they kind of did that with the making of Thriller. Like, the making of Thriller has all the making of stuff plus actual Thriller as well, and that worked really well. But even that, I don't think, would be long enough, quite long enough, to get people to the cinema to see that personally. Yeah, it's it's forty forty five minutes for the making of and Thriller all together. So yeah. So if if it's going to the cinema, it's got to be di- a little bit different. Yeah, I know that John Landis has uh, he's talked a lot about how uh, Thriller needs to be seen in the theaters. Like, because you know when they first put yeah. put it out, they wanted it to be in a, like in the theater, so they put it before Fantasia. But they, uh, but he, yeah, he's he's always said that Thriller needs to be seen in, in a in a theater. And I think that me personally, I think that that's probably the way that they're going to go about it. I I have a feeling that they're probably like I don't know. It's like if if he's uh, I don't know. It, he's probably going to put it in theaters, 3D before a 3D movie. It's like I think. I don't oh, think okay. I, I I don't really think that they're going to try to uh, make a whole project out of it because unfortunately there just aren't enough hardcore fans that would make that viable as far as money goes. And you know their their, their whole basis is going to be money, and it's not going to be if you know how how much you know love is put into this. It's going to be what how, what the what the bottom line of money is so, so i have a feeling they'll probably just maybe put the thriller you know remastered high def 3d in front of some other movie which what i'm what i'm thinking 
Yeah, and I think that's a really, really good point. I'd never thought about that until this moment, and that makes so much sense. Um, <laughs> I just hope they put it in front of a decent movie, not like Angry Birds 2 or some exactly, garbage, yeah. <laughs> like, which is knowing the estate, that's probably what they'll do, but that's all good. Um, the I know as well from reading about it that Thriller was actually shot uh, on on proper widescreen film, so the mm-hmm. nobody's really seen it like that before. It's everything we've always seen has been kind of like in that four by three square format for televisions, and that's what's been released on the official sort of music video DVDs. But when you speak to people who saw the thriller premiere in the cinema in the eighties when it sort of came out uh, first. They, they say that it was shown in proper widescreen. So, I'm really, mm. I'm keen to see that for sure. Yeah, that'd be awesome. That would be cool. Um, Unrelated, like, what did you think of the, like, thriller segment in This Is It? Like, the updated sort of thriller. Um, I thought it was neat. But to me personally, I didn't, I don't see how it would work actually for a stage show as, like, as far as This Is It went. Um, I don't know. I, I thought the whole putting on 3D glasses to see a 3D show on This Is It was just weird. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't think it would read the same way. But uh, who knows? I mean, I guess you have to be there to see it. I, I actually, the more I reflect on that, the more I think it wouldn't have worked. Like, I do think that having some kind of giant screen with additional filmed content that could come before and after songs is a good idea. But yeah. the 3D glasses thing wouldn't have worked for anyone other that was sitting directly in front of the stage. Like, what if you were sitting right at the back of the arena and the stage, like in your field of view, the screen is like pretty small. Like how, I don't know how that would have worked for somebody right in like a back corner of an arena. Um, and, and how are you going to give, you know, 3D glasses to 15? 15- 15,000 people, you know, and it's like so, uh, half of them are going to lose them in the in the in the, uh, the the craziness of seeing Michael Jackson. So, you know, it's I, it, I don't think it was a very viable thing. What did you think of the the footage, the the sort of footage that they filmed for it? Uh, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Um, it was nowhere near. Uh, they weren't trying to recreate Thriller, even though that's pretty much what the director of the project says in the film. But like I. I don't think it was ever meant to be a sort of something to be compared to Thriller. It was more of just like something to create a mood and a vibe coming into the song. I thought they did a fantastic job of it. Um, it was it would have been a real kick to see like the dancers on stage, the same people though on the screen as well, like involved in that. I thought that would be really clever. The thing I loved most about it was actually the um, the music. The especially the spooky sort of um, orchestral sort of music at the start of that segment was really, really well done. Yeah. The thing I loved most about it was the Disney elements because Michael loved Disney and there's very clear tributes to the Disney attraction Haunted Mansion and and I guess in some ways the, the French version at Disneyland Paris, Phantom Manor, I thought those Disney tributes which maybe came from michael who knows they i thought were were very well done and very cool and there's just some cool little nods as well to michael's past like isn't at one point they're in sort of like a haunted mansion and then on the wall there's like a framed photo of michael from in the thriller get up like a painting ages since i've seen it but that does ring a bell yeah that was really cool like that little nod back to to that video was awesome and 
I thought it was really neat, personally. Mm, cool. All right. Nice. All right. Moving on in the news headlines, uh, Nick Amadeo has created a monster movie mashup video set to Thriller. Have you guys seen that? I did not. <laughs> it's got like monster movie, like classic monster movies and then classic horror movies and then, yeah, just horror movie in general stuff as like a, a video mega mix. And then the soundtrack to it is Thriller. And I watched it yesterday and there's some scary stuff. I can't watch horror movies, so I guess these Oh, are, really? <laughs> yeah, hell no. I don't well, sleep well as it is. I would like to sleep again in my life. I The last... <laughs> Proper horror movies I saw was Blair Witch Project, The Ring, and some zombie one where they were trapped in like a shopping mall, but zombie apocalypse was happening. Oh, Dawn of the Dead, maybe. Oh, oh my Dawn God. Yeah. I didn't sleep for like years after those. So that was when I was like, <laughs> Q, do not do this ever again. Just don't do it to yourself. So I cannot watch horror movies. <laughs> See, that that is some of my favorite films. And Oh, my God, no. Um, I think that the reason I love this video so much is because Michael was such a massive fan of film and horror films as well. Like he loved them. So, you know, this is, you know, we asked Jenkins earlier, what should fans be doing um, to contribute to his legacy? I think this sort of stuff, like Nick Armadeo has really, has done a great job. So he's, he's, he's taken these classic Michael Jackson songs, but added a new dimension to them by piecing together classic horror film footage. So we can use Michael's own appreciation of film as a sort of a reference point to learn about these new movies that you may not have seen before. This is very clever, I thought. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I think as, as far as, you know, uh, what people need to do to help Michael is for sure mashups, uh, remixes, covers, uh, you know, stuff like that. It's like the more that the more that Michael Jackson is heard in all aspects of because even Michael was like, if somebody wanted to remix his songs or, or sample his music, he'd be like, yes sample it because he knew unfortunately prince didn't do the same thing you know that the the more of the more uh he is seen the more he will be remembered yeah that's right yeah so just yeah i guess people bringing their own field of expertise to the michael world like this nick armadeo is obviously a very um skilled editor like he's done a great job editing this together so it's great. It's cool to see a big mix as well of like really old school horror, like the stuff here from like the 30s and the 40s, like really old horror movies. And then, you know, really modern new stuff too. It's clever. Cool. So, next up in the news, a dude has moonwalked across Europe and it's awesome. Like he actually moonwalked. He was like traveling throughout Europe. But there's a really good MJ Vibe article on it as well. If you go to mjvibe.com, you can read this excellent sort of story on on this thing but the guy's name is Travis DeRose and he like was traveling around Europe and he went to 13 countries 22 cities and each time he was in like a landmark at these different places like whether it was in Germany Italy you know Spain wherever he was he just moonwalked and then he sort of made this video he captured it all on his iPhone his friend that was traveling with with him captured it all on his iPhone and then they pieced they 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 edited it in a certain way so that like as he was moonwalking from right to left in the frame he would be in the same position as he's moving across the frame but the background would change to be a different you know it might be the Colosseum might be the Berlin Wall yeah. it just looks freaking awesome 
huh, that's that's awesome. Yeah, it's very cool. And just goes to show people why you should not film vertical videos. Yes. Because otherwise that would have sucked. This is like a video should be filmed with your phone in landscape mode <laughs> and not halfway through the video. <laughs> Don't do it halfway through the video. My brother's been doing that recently because I've been like on his case, like stop filming vertical videos and he'll remember <laughs> halfway through the video. But by then it's too late and it doesn't reorientate on your, your computer or whatever you're watching it on. Did you show your brother the VVS? I that- sent him that yes. public announcement video. Yes, I did. <laughs> Awesome. So, so yeah, just yeah. Can can you imagine if this was filmed vertically? He'd be like getting two strides out, and then he'd be out of screen. <laughs> Done. That'd be so stupid. So yeah, stop filming vertical videos. But yeah, it's an awesome, really cool video. Loved it. We also have a interesting news topic around a competition that we're looking at running. Q. Yes, and what city is this in relation to, Jamin? Because it's quite specific. My city, Brisbane, the best city. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it is a good city. I'll give you that. It is a good city. And by the way, the my favorite show of the first leg of the Bad Tour happened in Brisbane, and you can see that on YouTube if you look up Bad Tour Brisbane. And incidentally, you'll see friend of the show Darren Hayes in that footage. So moving yeah. on. Um, Brisbane. That's not the competition. That's not the competition. No, no. The competition is about a really cool sort of tribute. Oh, no, I'm not going to say tribute show. It's not a tribute show at all. There's a concert happening there in Brisbane. It's called Smooth Criminals, The Songs of Michael Jackson. And it features two um, great artists that are going to be there uh, sharing their own talents. One of them is Joel Turner, legendary beatboxer, Australian beatboxer, um, who will be vocalizing the instrument you know an instrumental sort of versions of michael jackson songs and singing over that is singer luke kennedy from the voice he was a season two runner-up and is in the 10 tenors and uh yeah i've seen some footage of what these guys can do they can they put out sort of like a music video as well at brisbanepowerhouse.org and they're going to be together doing a once only show vocalizing and singing the the great music of michael jackson so it's only in brisbane this is only happening in brisbane not not any other sort of australian cities so you can only go if you live in brisbane or you're willing to travel there and i would suggest even if you live in sydney you know it might even be worth flying up but it's sunday the 4th of december 2016 tickets are usually 40 to 60 dollars to get in but we have a competition going where we're going to give away a couple of tickets so two tickets to this great, great show. Uh, the show is called uh, Smooth Criminals, The Songs of Michael Jackson. And to enter into this competition, we are going to ask you to do something a little bit special. Oh, I said special again. God damn it. I'm Cute. drunk now. Now I'm drunk. Q, you have to get a sound bite, like a sound effect. And every time I say special, you have to like ding me. Okay. <laughs> People would be sick of hearing that. Now, now I'm thinking of like every time I say it, I suppose that's a good thing. Anyway, <laughs> good. tell them what the competition is, Q. All right. So head over to the MJCast.com. Uh, go to this episode, which is episode number 43. And in the um, show notes under that, there's a section to comment. So we want you to comment and argue why Thriller or Ghosts is the best video in that comment section. So go mm, to town. I wonder which one will win. <laughs> <laughs> we will choose the winner. It's going to be the best argument. So whoever makes the best argument 
and there's no criteria. It's just whoever Q and I think are the best will choose you, and you'll get two tickets to go. But don't enter unless you you you, you know reasonably you know you can actually travel to Brisbane to go to this show on Sunday the fourth of December twenty sixteen. I. Guess Aussie listeners will be the main component. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm just I'm I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna enter and I'm gonna win and then I'm gonna go on I'm gonna go on YouTube and I'm gonna tear the tickets up in front of everybody and laugh. <laughs> <laughs> like you thought you could win, but you can't go. <laughs> and then we'll go. Oh, here's that. We got him back on the show. That Jack Jenkins yeah. that ripped up the competition tickets. Oh. <laughs> uh. It's, it's, it's the Scrooge of Thriller Night. Yeah, I was like, I'm, well, I'm just mad that I can't go. So, you know. It's going to be really good. Like, just jump on and check out these the guys' videos. They've done, like, a music video to showcase what they're going to be doing on the night. It's just a lot of impromptu sort of stuff. Really cool. Yeah. So, thanks to the guys over at Smooth Criminals for uh, providing tickets for this competition. And good luck to those few people that might enter because I reckon your chances will be pretty good. <laughs> Especially if you live in Queensland. Just... I can guess a couple of people that are going to enter. I reckon Marnie, Marnie will go into it. Or she might even have tickets, you know. Some people might have already bought them. Oh, I know what I'll do. I'll, I'll enter the competition, I'll <laughs> win, and then I'll give the tickets away on my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're going to hit you up for flights to Australia. Uh, and you'll be like, yep, oh, yep. my budget's like 12 bucks. I don't know how far yeah. you're going to get. Oh, um, man. And then the dream lives on. They'll probably enter your competition and then do the same thing for this. We'll just keep going around every MJ <laughs> podcast in a big circle. Uh, okay. Um, another video. We can talk about another awesome video that came out a little bit ago, but um, we haven't had a chance to talk about it yet. There's a dance video um, set to black or white, and it is freaking awesome. Yeah, I liked it. That was really cool. It was very well shot, beautifully shot. Actually. Beautifully shot. Yes, indeed. And it's another like worldwide one, isn't it? It's yeah. not just across Europe this time. It's like worldwide. The dancer Tobias and many, many dancers all over the world. Like there's so many dancers. Like I like God, what hundreds? Looks like hundreds. Yeah, just worldwide, all these landmarks and beautiful, beautiful places. And it's such a positive video and yeah go to the go to the show notes check it out and share this around like i know it's done the rounds on facebook a bit and twitter but just keep on sharing it it's such a beautiful beautiful concept and uh people who worked with michael jackson as well like lavelle smith jr and other choreographers have really gotten behind it they love it as well and i've seen them share it 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 has got a massive amount of spread it so far on facebook alone it's been viewed 11 million times Whoa. At this point. Keep it going. Keep it going. So, yeah, thank you so much to Tobias Elihammer for, for putting this together. Really awesome. Very cool. So, we talked a little while ago about Sony and the estate doing a deal thing where they where Sony uh. could acquire the rest, the other 50% of the Michael Jackson Beatles catalog, Sony ATV Publishing. And just a quick update, it's finalized and Sony got it. And it's so messed up. Yeah, I hate them. So, hmm. yep, you know, so. You know, and the, the saddest thing about this to me is like, and I, when, I, it's partly, it's, it's really sad, is that unfortunately, Paul McCartney will never, ever, ever get his music back, ever. Michael Jackson, unfortunately, you know, he's not, he's not here anymore. And, and which I don't think that's any reason for them to sell his stuff because that's still his in my eyes. 
as much as he fought for it. He literally died for it. Oh yeah, very true. Yeah, and uh, but it is it is still really sad that now with this, Paul McCartney uh, will never never ever see his music again ever. It's just a fucked up situation all around. Oh yeah. Anyway, you can go back and listen to our episode all about. We actually did sort of a roundtable discussion with Damien Shields, uh, author Linton Guest. Linton Guest, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why Michael is in like again, like he has been since. But the number one position for highest earning celebrity that is deceased this year is like what eight hundred and twenty five million dollars or something. Yeah, that's why he's in that position because they sold it and. But I would be really interested to see next year where he is in the, in the rankings because yeah, exactly. all of the income that they were getting from this catalogue is now off the table and gone. And it's just my Jack catalogue that they've got left. And I think – maybe did they still have the small EMI catalogue portion that they owned as well maybe? Mm. But, yeah. And did, didn't they let him keep some of the ones that he – like the songs that he loved, like – like, because uh, didn't he own Smile, and didn't they, didn't they let him keep those as well? I am not sure. They sell everything, so who knows what's left? Who knows? Very yeah, interesting. Apparently, very interesting. And I don't know much to comment on this, but apparently, Neverland is not showing on all those real estate websites anymore for sale. Maybe someone bought it. So well, hopefully, it was a fan that bought it because you know. Prince's yeah. place, you could you can already go to Prince's place, but yep. we, you know, we uh, us loyal fans don't have anywhere to go. Nowhere except Cirque du Soleil and Hard Rock cafes, or the uh, Forest Lawn Cemetery. Yep, it's kind. Of, did you guys see the um, photos? Are really touching. I thought of um, Paris Jackson going back to Neverland recently. She put them on her Instagram. Yeah, huh. yeah, they were cool. I haven't seen this. They were really nice and very sweet, and it just made me think like. It's a really special place for that family. Take another shot of vodka. Mm. <laughs> said it again. <laughs> oh, God, I said special. What's going on? Hey. Have you been a, to a hypnotist a or something? Part. I don't know what's time. happening. I'm saying special too much. I don't know. You're, you're special. Thanks. You can take the next news article because I'm sure you'll drop it in here as well, Jamin. <laughs> All right. Um, so there's a really special book coming out. Oh. It's uh, there's a <laughs> it's a 50th anniversary special release of the special debut single, Big Boy. Um, Do you think it's a special special? It's a special special, and it's a really special song because Michael's a special artist and he's got a special legacy. <laughs> So um, I'm glad we're talking about it on this Thriller Night special. (laughs) You know what? If we didn't have a show title, we could call it the special special. Um, um, So, yeah, uh, being serious for a moment, uh, the Jacksons are releasing a book to mark the 50th anniversary of the release of their debut single, Big Boy. Uh, It's called The Jacksons Legacy. That's the name of the book. and And I'm very pumped, very pumped for this book because it's not often you get... Uh, official books coming out from the Jackson camp. They come every once in a while. We got a great one from Jermaine Jackson, which is one of the best books on Michael Jackson, I think, has ever been written. Latoya's had a book. Janet's had a book. Catherine put a book out and then got in trouble for it because apparently your mum can't put a book out about your own son. Uh, that's Yeah, that did happen, didn't it? But this, this one's great because it's going to cover, I think, 
the early history of the Jackson 5 in great detail. This is going to be top of my list, I think, next year when it comes out, for sure. I think the publisher, I think, is um, the Thames Hudson, I yeah. think it is. Um, so, yeah. But, yeah, really cool that, like, there's this official book coming out from the brothers, Yes, I think. It's it's yeah. deta- it's described when you go to the Jackson Source article on it, jackson-source.com or jackson-source.com, great, great website. They, or Yannicka, I should say, describes the book as the comprehensive and definitive book that tells the band's story in their own words, along with outstanding visuals. Now, we've had books from people like J. Randy Tarabarelli, and other people tell the story of the Jacksons, but this is from them. Is this book going to, is it just going to stop at the end of the Jacksons or are they going to go on to like everything? Did, did it say on that at all? Or I, what, Do you mean like MJ solo stuff? Yeah, like are they are they gonna are they gonna talk about not not just the Jacksons, but go past you know when Michael left the Jacksons and then go on into you know uh, I mean is, is it gonna be like a tell all book? Is there just gonna be like more of a more I think of a, a, hi- a historical book, like a sort of chronological history? It'd okay. be cool. I, I would like to for them to include their current sort of yes their current incarnation and them touring now. I would like to that to be sort of at yeah. the end of the book. That would be cool. Because it just yeah. it says in this um article that it's about the Jacksons, like as in the band. Like it says the band story in their own words. And, you know, people often say, Oh, you know, Michael uh, the Jacksons until Michael left the Jacksons. But the thing is they continued working a long time after that. They, you know, obviously Correct, yeah. there's the Victory album and Michael's on a few of those songs, but there's 2300 Jackson Street, which came out the same time as Bad, which is, you know, 2300 Jackson Street is a freaking kick-ass album. It is so good. I love it. And then, you know, they continued working as well beyond that. I mean, we could get some great stories around the, what was that award show they put on in the 90s? As the well. Jackson Family Honours. They could talk about the Jackson Family Honours. They could talk about 30th anniversary special. Yeah, And then hopefully. their current tour. So, yeah, there's some cool stuff they could talk about there. But I think the golden stuff, I I am going to read it to learn all about the early days of the Jackson 5 pre-Motown. I want to learn about, like, them traveling, traveling around on, like, rented buses, performing in shopping centers, and all the stuff yeah. they did to to earn their way to Motown. That's the stuff yeah. I want to learn about. That would be cool. And the good thing is that they were they were the ages to where they would remember that stuff a lot better. I mean like 14 and up, you know, you you know 12 to 18 you do remember those memories. Uh, you know, Michael, he was really young so he may not remember everything as far as details. And so it's it, it'd be cool to actually hear them cuz they actually have the capacity to remember them. That's right, yeah. Well, looking forward to that next year. And that's the news. Done. Énergie présente Michael Jackson, le coffret de Noël. Réunissant la cassette vidéo du film Ghost pour la première fois disponible à la vente. Le programme du film Ghost. Le CD 3 titres inédits. Plus le CD album Blood on the Dance Floor. Michael Jackson, le coffret de Noël. Faites plaisir, faites-vous plaisir. Bonjour, c'est Christophe Charlot, auteur du livre Sur les pas de Michael Jackson. Merci d'écouter The MG Cast. What's our, what's our main discussion topic? We're going to be talking about 
MJ's horror-themed stuff. So, yeah. Where do we start? Right back at the beginning? Where where did it you, start? You know, I'll start with something. Um, yeah, when I it. When I was researching Thriller, multiple times... Michael Jackson had said that he does not like horror movies, but he said it in front of people, which I just didn't understand because we all knew that he loved horror. But if you watch the making of Thriller, he talks about how he doesn't watch it because it scares him and he doesn't like it. And so even when he was looking at it, it was like, so you see yourself in the mirror that, that's scaring you? He's like, yeah, it's scaring me. Now, I personally think that this was Michael Jackson just being Michael Jackson and, you know, kind of nudging the truth a little bit to make himself seem more innocent, of course, like he'd like to do. And, uh, and so that's one thing I always thought was very fascinating was that he did do all these horror themed things, but then in media at some points would say that he didn't like it, if that makes, yeah. So I, I thought that was strange. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you guys know what I'm talking about? I know exactly what you're talking about. And that is a definite trend in Michael Jackson's own history when you're studying it. Often Michael would say one thing and then do something completely different. Yeah. That often happened for sure. But uh I think it's pretty clear that he loved horror. I mean, if you talk to if you oh, listen yeah. to interviews, sorry, with um people like Stan Winston and John Landis. I think John Landis talks very openly about Michael loving his pre-thriller film. What was the one about the werewolf? American Werewolf in London? American Werewolf in London. Yeah, like Michael was a massive fan of that. So how could you be a fan of that and not like horror? Like I think it was probably more like what you touched on in your show, Jenkins, maybe with the religious element um, that he was saying that in public to not get into trouble. Yeah. So yeah, that's, 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 that's what I kind of thought was that in a way that, I mean, because we, we all know that he loved horror movies. I mean, how in the world would he be able to sit through American Werewolf in London and get and have the idea of wanting to turn into a monster if he didn't love these things? That's right. Yeah. And yeah. so, uh, but yeah, I always just thought it was hilarious. Yeah, and he he went on to work with people like he co-wrote Ghosts with Stephen King for goodness sake. I mean, like if you don't like horror, mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's an interesting point. So I guess the first like audio horror elements that we got from Michael, would you say, was this place hotel, Heartbreak Hotel? My favorite song of Michael's. Well, there you go. Yeah, I can't think of anything before that, really. I guess, well, he did do Ben for the horror movie, Ben. But I guess the first audio that was presented to us with the horror elements would be your favorite song, Jenkins. Okay. Um, you know, and, that, and what's what's funny about that is that I've, I never really thought of that as a horror, as a horror thing. It's like, I don't know. It's like, I guess... It's the it's the way you perceive the lyrics. I've always thought it was like a um, it was a setup, like like the people there were trying to break Michael and his girl up, and so they set him up in a weird way to have him seem like he was cheating. Um, yeah. I never I never really saw it as a as a scary thing. Really, but um, with all those yeah, sound effects, the oh, creepy man. sound effects and stuff. Yeah, I, I always thought it was just maybe, and of course he says, you know, like crazy, like like things like bring you to your doom, and yeah, and uh, I mean, I think I think it can be perceived that way as well. But I don't know when I, every single time I've ever heard it, I've always thought it was more of a song about um, uh, a, a infidelity setup. So, but I, I don't know, <laughs> just, that's just the way I was I always heard it. I I definitely feel like it's a horror sort of themed song, especially because so many of Michael's songs are about femme fatale style women either taking advantage of him or 
you know, um, trying to cheat him. So I think in yeah. his, in his mind that was like a horror theme <laughs> in a way, and then <laughs> and then that combined with the, the sound effects. And then when you read the lyrics, like I'll just read a few lines here. It says, "As we walked to the room, there were faces staring, glaring, tearing through me." Someone said, welcome to your doom. Then they smiled with eyes that looked as if they knew me. This is scaring me. Like, for me, that's like, that's that's freaky, you know? But, yeah. But it wasn't full-blown. Like, it's not, like, you're right, Jenkins. It's not like, you know, dude turns into a werewolf and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and you know who did the scream at the beginning of that song was LaToya. Really? Yeah. Yay. I didn't know that. Good, good one, LaToya. Good scream. Good old LaToya. <laughs> bringing it out when we need her did he write that song did michael write that i think yeah that was actually one of the first songs he ever wrote and uh, arranged wow hmm. it's right from my sort of favorite era that late 70s early 80s time period yeah he, he claims that he didn't know about the song heartbreak hotel because granted he actually was not an elvis fan that's, that's why i always thought it was funny that he uh married Lisa Marie, because he wasn't an Elvis fan, and so he might. He says he didn't know about Heartbreak Hotel, but I think even if you weren't an MJ, I mean an Elvis fan, you would still somehow have heard Heartbreak Hotel growing up. You know? Yeah. Did you so, do you know the reason why he like what what is the reason why they titled it This Place Hotel? Um, you know, I I, I don't know. I, I I've never I heard a story. It, about I that. really think it was just to not be confused with Heartbreak Hotel. Because you can the call songs company. by the same name. You can, but I don't think record companies like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I, and plus, you know, back then people probably thought it would, like if they just saw Heartbreak Hotel, they probably would have thought it was a cover version. Yeah, yeah. good point. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, I think maybe This Place Hotel, they called it that because, you know, he says this place is Heartbreak Hotel. So instead of just, um, instead of just calling it Hotel, they put This Place Hotel. Yeah, yeah. got it, got it. What was the sort of next horror well i guess off the wall was it that, that had that sort of horror element to the track off the wall with the, the weird laugh and stuff and the sort of craziness of the actual lyrics yeah it's and the backing vocals as well like are kind of spooky it, it i think this has got less of a horror theme uh less, less of an yeah. obvious horror theme than this place hotel but in terms of its sound, specifically the start, yeah, I think he was really dabbling with that with that horror sound for sure. Mm. That was a Rod Temperton song, wasn't it? Yep. Another really good song. Both of those, the ones we've talked about so far, actually, he performed them live, didn't he, on the Bad Tour, I think. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. He, did, he didn't do Off the Wall that, that, that often, but yeah, I think because he did it in the earlier uh, legs of the tour, didn't he? Yeah, I think the first leg. So Yokohama, Brisbane, there are a couple of shows we have from that leg there's another song from the triumph album that i reckon has kind of like horror feel to it even though the lyrics aren't to do with that but have you guys noticed in the song your ways it's got like in the background the backing vocals i don't know there's just the the way the brothers are singing that just sounds really kind of spooky Hmm. i'll have to go check that out have a listen to your ways it's the third track on the album no horror-themed lyrics, but just the vibe of the backing vocals make me think, like, it's a little bit creepy. Okay. Well, I I think that um, one of the scariest videos from that era, from the Jacksons era, is Torture. Like, that video 
like I used, I remember seeing that as like a probably young teenager, and that was wild. Like Michael's not even in the video; he's in the song. He sings the the whole like second verse, I think it is. Thanks, Paul Black, for that info. But the video is creepy as hell. Like not just because it's a wax dummy of Michael in the video in the the two shots pretty much that have that, but the um the the element the visual elements I think are quite horror sort of influenced there's like the scary like phantom of the opera kind of character quasimodo sort of thing there's like you know of course the the femme fatale the the woman that's got the two images she's got like the gimp mask scary like you know rhinestone gimp mask on uh those spider things that eat the person on the big spider web there's like you know glass and blades everywhere you know Skel- i don't think i've seen this video <laughs> are you okay you know what we should do we should watch this video now yes like and talk through it okay so let's all okay. play it at the same time and audience listeners you have to do the same thing yeah so go to yeah. youtube go to youtube um and but everyone just make sure that your volume's down on your device so we don't actually play this now so we're going to do like a little commentary. This is not planned at all, everyone. <laughs> not planned. Right. This is not in the show notes. So I was going to go to the Vivo one. The I've loaded Vivo. it up, yeah. All right, okay. stand by. Right. I, have to, yeah. I don't know how to make my speakers oh. not do this. So, guys, it'll oh, be in the show notes. Sh- you can follow the show notes. The Jackson's Vivo torture. All right. You guys press and play. All right. T- tell me. Tell me when to press play. All right, and then we'll just do audio commentary over this because it's wild. It's okay, really wild. Let's okay. make sure all our it's mute. Let mute your YouTube videos. Yep. Okay. Three, two, one, play. Okay. All right. So Who's we have, like, that a ghost thing coming up? Who's that brother? It's Randy. It's Randy. Randy. Like I love the whole sort of victory sort of backdrop. Yeah, it's like Can You Feel It style, like ethereal space thing. And like the cover of the album. Yeah, yeah, love that Mark Ryder. It's crazy, how come I've never seen this? I didn't even know. Oh, it's wild. Whoa, scary mask. Oh, that's like the the Victory Tour pants, like the Rock With You style pants. Look at those nails. That's scary as hell. (laughs) Wow. Handcuffs. Handcuffs and long nails. Dances. Look at these dancers. There's Tito rocking the guitar. Who's that? That's Randy again. He's on yep. the, the keyboard. That's a pretty crazy look at his, look guitar, at his shoulder Tito. pads. There's Marlon rocking it out in those tight pants. There's CJ Devilla's hairstyle. <laughs> <laughs> Tito, you're rocking it out there. Oh, look, they've got Marlon. The girls have got Marlon. I love that thing. jacket, the light jacket. Oh my god, that's creepy. That's a creepy. All right, now that temple thing. It's kind of like sci-fi and horror mix and fantasy. Yeah, look at this guy. Look at this guy. And so far, there's only two brothers. You just have Randy and Tito so far. (laughs) Yeah. Look at that that creepy guy. Okay. Yeah, that's creepy. And then you know. it's even weirder hearing it without music, you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I love watching it without music. All this breaking glass and this, like, you know, the cage of people in them. Have you guys got to the eyeball yeah, section he's yet? Yeah, he's holding my... Oh, my oh, God, he just pulled, pulled out... goo out. Oh, my God. Look at this bit. 
Look what he's on his hands. This is wild. That must have inspired Pan's Labyrinth. There's the brothers, there's the wax dummy of Michael up there. There was a wax dummy of Michael? Yeah, because like like you said, there's only a couple of brothers in this video. Michael didn't um, turn up for the shoot. He was meant to come to the he, shoot he and was, didn't turn up. So they still shot it with a wax very, figure. very busy that day. So they got like a Madame Tussauds wax dummy. Oh, this 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 is from yeah, this is from uh this is from Triumph, right? Uh Victory Victory, yeah. It's Victory. Oh, this is on Victory. Massive single from Victory. Yeah, he didn't want to do this album, so that's why he didn't show up. Yeah, he was very busy. But look at this gimp mask chick. <laughs> yeah, this is like some crazy sci-fi. And then the, tell me when you get to the rubber walls. I'm at the rubber walls yeah. now. What the hell? Mm. The walls are alive. Look at that. It's like being in someone's oh. nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> this is, I love the ice capades chick. Here we go. Well, there's three of the so, brothers. So, so uh, yeah. So two brothers didn't show up. Well, Jermaine wasn't touring with them at this point, I'm pretty sure. Oh, no, he yeah. was in the Victory Tour. He was, wasn't he? Yeah, he was on this one. Yeah. So paid chick. Hilarious. You got Jackie, Jackie, Randy, and Tito. Can you imagine reading the script for this video? Marlon's in this as well, I'm pretty sure. Okay, here's, here's our pretty chick, and she's going she's gonna to play a trick on them. Whoa. She's got the whip out. There's that creepy guy again. <laughs> He's scary. Oh, yeah, freaking me out. I like that uh, rhinestone get mask though. That's pretty neat. You can probably get one of them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and look at that. What the hell? Oh, they've got no faces. No, they don't have oh. Tito's guitar trying to stab people through a wall. <laughs> look look, look like how sharp that thing is. Yeah. Yeah, you could. Poke your eye out with that thing, Tito. Be careful. <laughs> is this Randy going to the chick? I like this video because they're kind of like wearing the Victory Tour costumes in the video. Yeah, it's awesome. Like seeing this as a young sort of teenager, this was blowing my mind. This was crazy. Whoa. You know what makes me crazy about this? Is that this has, this has 1,203,080 views and I've never seen this. Well, now... How am I going to have a Michael Jackson podcast and not see this video? <laughs> There's so much to learn about MJ. <laughs> and you've seen the you. Jacksons live. Yeah. All right, so the spider women in their really cheap-ass costumes are, like, eating. And then, look, this is not the oh. first time Michael's dances a skeleton. Oh, man, that's that's a... Uh... That's the shake-your-body dance moves. Yeah. Yep. Marlon's yeah. got the groove on with the ice capade ladies. This actually is not a bad video. Huh. Like, for the time. Yeah. Dude, Q, that's such a good point. I never thought of that, that Michael danced as a... Oh, you know, there's skeletons dancing in MJ videos before Ghost. Yeah. Hmm. Well, it's sort of... I watched it yesterday and it reminded me. I don't know if that's Michael doing the headstand. I don't think they had motion capture technology then. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Creepy Rocker Stedford spider costumes. And now they're just being irresponsible breaking well, glass. That's <laughs> right. And then there's Michael's glove. He does the whole Captain EO bit. Turns her into beautiful again. The skeleton. 
kind of wish Michael it's was like, in this. It's really good. It's yeah, hilarious. This is a good video. It's scary though. So I think this is like a sort of underrated bit of horror. Yes. Jack's. Oh geez. See, see the Michael statue there yeah, with the his arm up? There's Michael in the middle. With his arm raised at this odd angle. Yeah, it's very weird looking. And we're back, back to, to the, the to the smoke. So there you go. I I think that is scary and crazy. And yeah, yeah, I, yeah that's that's pretty. That, that's a yeah, that's a definitely a horror themed uh, video. For sure, some of that stuck with me for a long time. Huh. Well, thanks for showing us that, man. I've never seen that before. That's pretty neat. That's okay. There you go. That's sort of like uh, Carly's live tweeting. There's our uh, live commentary <laughs> of the Jacksons torture video. <laughs> that's that's a wild trip. That one. Yeah. Maybe I'll snip just that audio commentary out and lay it over the the video and put that out on our YouTube channel. <laughs> oh my God. Hey, that's a good idea. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so there you go. Hope you enjoyed that, listeners. So what did he do next? So that was like, that was pretty, I agree with you, Q. I never thought of that, but that was clearly horror themed stuff. But Victory came out. Didn't the album Victory come out after Thriller? So technically... Technically, Thriller would have been first. Yeah, so technically yeah. that that would have come out after Thriller, which was his... I mean, let's, let's you know, I think we could all agree that's his, th- you know, Halloween horror wait, masterpiece. Wait, 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 which, which one is Thriller? Thriller's this um, one where he's sort of like... Paul, <laughs> M- Paul McCartney? Yeah. Oh, that's the one with the yeah. Paul McCartney. Okay. Yeah, yeah they're just like the selling duet. some stuff with Latoya in it. Yeah, I think mm. it's that one. Yeah, yeah. Mm. For, for some reason, Latoya is the love interest. Weird. Okay. Yeah, yep. that's kind of scary. <laughs> yeah. What's trippy about like the the thriller video is like how you know, okay, at the start it's the actual movie, and then they're watching it on a movie, and then like the blending of realities, and like where are we watching this? Like it's so mixed up. It's always yeah. really try not to think about it because, like, yeah, they're watching the movie, then they're in the movie, and then they're living it in real life, and then she wakes up and it's all a dream, but then Michael turns around and it wasn't a movie. What the hell's going on? <laughs> yeah, like what, what time period is it actually set in? Yeah, so actually if you think about it, because the at the end is when he has the cat eyes in, and yeah. so that's actually a throwback to the movie. So that So it's like... So maybe the zombie Michael Jackson wasn't real or he can turn into two different things, one of the two. Because because if you're starting from the end to the beginning, then that means the beginning he was the werewolf inside of a TV inside of the movies, but outside of the movie he was a zombie. But when he brings her back and she actually comes out, then he's back to the cat. So My head hurts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you guys this. When Thriller came out, did it ever actually scare you? No. Um, hmm. I think the zombies a little bit, but I, I I would not be able to show that to my nephews now, like who are like, what, five, it'd be the oldest kids now would like be in therapy after seeing this, I reckon. Yeah. I, I didn't let my little sister see it. Oh, you didn't? No, I didn't see it when I was young. So I was—I never saw any scary Michael Jackson stuff when I was like young. So I was—I was, I was not probably scared. like probably the youngest I maybe remember seeing it would have been maybe ten-ish, I think. Yeah, I think I saw it probably when I was eight or nine. 
We used to rent the video. That's how I think I saw it the first time was renting the video with the, the making of Thriller, the black video cassette. And, uh, yeah, we would rent those sort of things on school holidays. So that's the first time I remember seeing it. I remember people like knowing people that were really terrified of Michael Jackson visuals and some people being scared of Thriller. But the thing that I remember being so many people being scared by was the teeth you know the the bit in moonwalker like the teeth where the in the leave me alone video is it leave me alone oh yeah yeah yeah. Where <laughs> yeah. Go, the, the rocket's kind of like going along the water and the teeth are opening and shutting the mouth the, so, oh that scared you not me but i know multiple okay. people who were like i remember that bit from when i was a kid and it was freaking me out Oh, okay. So, but anyway, yeah, I don't think Thriller... I don't think Thriller, honestly, was meant to be scary. Like, there was parts of it that were meant to be, you know, like... it's The thing is, it's a very tongue-in-cheek video. Like, it's not... It's shot in a way that harkens back to 19, the 1950s. So, yeah. it's, very, it's a very self-aware video that is clever in how self-aware it is. And I don't think it was intended to be a proper, I'm going to scare the crap out of you horror. Um, so, yeah, that's why some people watch it and aren't scared, I think, because it is so much fun as well at the same time. But, yeah, I think it's, yeah, it's a, it's a really excellent video. And, and part of the reason I love it is because of how much it pushed the medium forward. Like, at that time, there was, there was nothing else really like it. No way. Yeah. Not at all. Like, he, he had done kick-ass videos from the Thriller album as this was the last single and the last video to come off the Thriller album. Mm. So he'd already sort of laid the groundwork for um, incredible videos like Billie Jean and Beat It, but this sort of just took everything to such another level. Yeah, like, people what? don't realise that, that like it literally – Thriller had already been the best-selling album of all time for like a year and a half, and then they're like, hey, let's drop Thriller. And then, <laughs> yeah. and then after Thriller dropped, it was like, it, it was like, like you couldn't fill the water glass anymore. It's like it was, it just overflowed. And so then that's when Michael Jackson just became this crazy, insane superstar because this, this, it was just the the, the icing or the the cherry at the top of the cake or a, a shake or whatever, you know. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a lot of albums come out these days, and the last single from the album is always a bit of a like. It was okay. Can see why they didn't release yeah. that one first, but Thriller was like, wow. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was like backwards the way that it happened because you know they, the first single they released was um, the Paul McCartney duo, and uh, everybody was kind of like, mm, meh, okay, you know, <laughs> it's, yeah. yeah, it's like cool song, but nah, you know. And then you know, but and then it just gradually got better and better, and then of course Thriller, you know, just blew the lid off of everything. I watched the have you have you seen the video recently? I watched it the whole thing yesterday. It is a very good film. Yep. It is really well put together. Even with its little flaws, like I think the the sort of blooper stuff in it's really funny now that you can sort of see them like the the lighting rigs hanging into frame and stuff in the in the graveyard scene. But the film, like the pacing of it is really cool. The effects are still really cool. The makeup is incredible. And just looking at it back in context, like there was, you know, those sort of choreographed videos were not that common. They were probably Michael videos before this one, not not a lot of others. Like this, the film itself is cool. The story is a really good little story. Like the story is a tight story that moves along at a good pace. Yeah. Um, 
good characters, like, you know, the, the college boy asking his girl. Yeah, it's just such a good film. It is awesome. And the idea, the concept behind it is so clever and fresh. Like, I mean, zombies are all the rage at the moment, again, with The Walking Dead and things like that. And it's, I guess, sort of like the biggest pop star in the world right now, I don't know, Gaga or someone, coming out with just this totally awesome horror-based video clip with an iconic dance routine and iconic clothing and just everything about it being iconic. And... I don't I just don't think we've seen something as powerful and sort of uh something that really touches culture in general um since then. It couldn't yeah. it couldn't happen that way nowadays. It it just, it just, there's no way it could it could ever possibly happen. For one, uh we're all really uh I mean with the with the age of the internet, you can see some of the most terrible things on there. So it's like doing a doing a monster movie thing wouldn't really shock anybody, you know? Yeah. Um, I, it, it just, it, it, it's just, it, it cannot be replicated whatsoever. And, and if you think about, you know, a pop star nowadays doing the exact same thing that Michael Jackson did, it would be laughable. It's like, nobody would even like, nobody would take it serious at all. It's like, because for like, uh, for instance, to have Vincent Price on there doing mm. this, uh, creepy nursery rhyme rap, you know, Think about that on a has that ever has that been done in the last twenty five years on any top forty song? You know, <laughs> it, it, Crazy. It, 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 it's it's impossible to even think of uh, Justin Bieber. You know, putting out a song where he gets a horror movie, you know, person to come make a creepy nursery rhyme on it. It just it, you it wouldn't happen. Yeah, and so it's just it's nuts to think that 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 this special time and place happened and it, it was so well received. You know. And so global, like Samar of the Michael Jackson Academia Project on our last few episodes has talked about the impact that that video and song had all around the world. You know, just mm-hmm. not just in terms of pop culture and people loving the visuals and the music, but, you know, black children all around the world seeing a black icon on MTV and just yeah. thinking, you know, how amazing that is. This is awesome. Yeah. So many boundaries broken with that video. So many. And like watching it, you can sort of see why it is consistently still topping like the number one lists of best music videos, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, everybody, everybody says it is still to this day the greatest music video of all time. And I don't I don't think it's going to like I don't think it's, that's going to change anytime soon as I. Like, the, the, just not it just because nothing nothing nowadays can surprise us. It's gonna take something extremely extremely special. I, uh, weird enough, I think the only person that would even be close to being able to do something like this would be like Beyonce. Uh, just because whenever she does put something out like Formation, um, it does it does shake it does shake people. And so, but I, I just don't think that anything will ever come to this. It just won't. It just things have changed too much. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I also think not only would you have to have someone very special to do it, but there would have to be a new medium as well. Like the video, no, yeah, was yeah, was right, yeah. a brand new medium that he experimented with and took to a new level. Video's been out for twenty something, well, way more than twenty years. I mean, music videos themselves have been out a little bit longer than that, but there would have to be a new medium like virtual reality or something everyone's just jumping on board with. 
It would have to be exactly. like at that time. Yeah. So we will see if it if something but, like that can yeah. come along again. That sort of just set the stage to make Halloween Michael's holiday. That's right. So embrace it. Embrace it. Encourage it, people. Just build it.
Hi, I'm Andy Healy, author of the MJ101 series, and you're listening to the MJ Cast. Have you guys ever dressed up as Michael Jackson for Halloween? No. No, but I was going to ask you, like, are you doing Halloween parties this year? Uh, you know, I, I think I might go out maybe, but I, I've dressed up as Michael Jackson every year for like the last, <laughs> you have. For, like the last like six years. Yeah. For, for the, for like the, for like four years, I dressed up as Michael Jackson bad just because I had the costume and I spent a lot of money on this costume. And so, uh, so yeah, so I dressed up as Michael Jackson bad for about four years and then I didn't dress up for a year or two. And then last year I started dressing up as Michael Jackson, Billy Jean. Yeah. And, Did you uh, get the blood off your glove? Oh my god, that thing that no, it's it's it was leather, so it's just oh, it, the glove's man. just gone. Made me furious. Yeah, it, it, there was this when we were we went uh, to a bunch to a couple different parties, and then the people I was with were like, we want to go to this this other club, and I was like, I don't want to go there. I was like, I don't want to go to this place. It's like I don't like it. Uh, the, you know, they're smoking indoors. I don't want to go inside of it anyway. And then of course they talk us talk me into it. I get there as soon as I walk through the front door, a fight breaks out. And the, the this dude is just bleeding all over the place. And then he bumps right into me. He gets blood all over my glove, all over my white shirt. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going home. I was so mad because I spent hours working on that glove. Yeah, I remember. Oh, damn it. Yeah. But 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 I, I enjoy doing it. It's like when I walk around dressed as Michael Jackson, it's so great because everybody's super cool about it. Like, Michael! You know, they start screaming <laughs> that stuff and... And then, uh, of course, I you know I I I I put on the mannerisms as well. You know, I'll, I'll do the peace Dude. sign. I'll talk. I'll talk real softly just to keep it going. You know, because it's just fun. Well, I guess it wouldn't fit if you're all like you know butchered up and dropping, exactly yeah. dropping <laughs> f bombs and swilling <laughs> beer and stuff. Yeah, <sighs> crazy. All right. So after Thriller, what was sort of the next horror sort of influence thing that Michael put out? Um, I'm gonna say Moonwalker. I think like Ooh. when I when I was little, Moonwalker scared the crap out of me at par- at parts. Mm, yeah, I um, think there was something before that. Was there? What? One or two years later, Michael After featured on a song. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Oh, Barry yeah, Gordy's yeah, yeah. son. Oh, Rockwell. Yeah, somebody's watching me. Okay, that's yeah. right. That yeah. is a creepy song. That's a super creepy song. Like it's, it, I don't know the origins of the song at all, but I know that, you know, the chorus is super creepy and the video itself is like totally 100% horror themed. Yeah. I haven't seen um, that video for a long time. Yeah. The only thing that I know about that video is I know that Rockwell wrote it um, and it was something that he was trying to, it, he wanted to impress his dad basically with oh. that with that song and uh because barry gordy literally did not have any kind of uh any kind of faith in his son's music ability and so (laughs) so so he he basically tried to make a song that his dad would like and i think that he was trying to be kind of in in the vein of thriller because he knew how much his dad liked michael and he thought that if he could get michael on it then his dad would appreciate it more and come to find out that was his only hit and it actually did work out for him so Yeah. yeah It's a good song, some super creepy visuals. Um, I do not like the remix that came out years later. Uh, I think, I can't remember who remixed it, but there's like a dance remix of it with a thriller theme. Like it's got people dancing in, in thriller makeup and costumes to the song. Um, but the original one is really good. And that's the sort of thing I think would be a standout 
addition to a Michael Jackson horror mashup album. Yeah. Yeah. But for yeah. sure, yeah. Really neat. And the vocals, the vocals in it are fantastic. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Like those vocals. Like no one remembers the Rockwell verses. No, no one. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> There's another guy in the song. I, yeah. I, I literally I, thought it was a Michael Jackson song when I first heard it mm. years ago. Uh, good, good, good call there. Jumping in with that there, Jamin. I forgot about that one. Yeah, for sure. Mm. But Moonwalker. Moonwalker. Yes, get the, the spiders and like just the creepy caves and stuff scared the crap out of me. And I think uh, Mr. Big, or is it? Yeah, Mr. Big. Mm. Uh, yeah, jo- uh, Joe Pesci. Yeah, Joe Pesci. Um, what's his character's name? Frankie. Uh, Frankie Ledeo. Ledeo. Yeah, yeah Ledeo. Frankie Ledeo. I think he is like a bit creepy. Like I think him and how he, he like beats up on that little girl. Um, that oh, man, scares, yeah, that was brutal. Yeah, that scares my nephews. Like he's having bad dreams and tre- my, my friend, she's like, um, I think it was because he saw that bit of Moonwalker, which usually I fast or skip forward through. And I think I missed it and he saw it and now he's all scared. <laughs> And, and and not not even just that part. I mean, because that the whole end part was creepy as well. But whenever those people see Michael Jackson and their faces turn into Michael Jackson, yes, <laughs> that was creepy as well. Yeah, that, that grandma. Was super and, creepy. Yeah, yeah. All those claymation characters, and whenever they'd get super mad at Michael or whatever, like even when that the 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 Steven Spielberg type character turns into yeah. a lizard, and it's like, man, those things were terrifying, man. <laughs> Especially as a kid. Yeah, there's d- some definite creepy moments in there. Like the whole when Michael first stumbles upon the cave with the kids at Neverland uh, and there's all the spider webs and the drugs and bugs. And oh, my God, it's that that part is pretty that creeped me out that section um, yeah. quite a lot. And you, you're scary. Leave me alone. Chomping the teeth, teeth yeah. It's, it dips in and out of horror. Like there's bits in it that are scary and then it'll be like 1930s gangster club and then, you know, sci-fi. So it's like in and out of all these different genres all the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Damn, scary moments for sure. Love Moonwalker. Mm. Yeah, I think that movie's so so fantastic. I, I like to me that even the the robot transformation was creepy to me. Like I don't know, like the way that the way that it, some of those things moved, man, just freaked me out when I was a kid. Yeah, and those like sort of faceless soldiers that you know when they get shot, there's like nothing really in them. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those helmets, those creepy faceless helmets and stuff, um, and the dogs. One of the scariest bits for me was those big, scary dogs chasing Michael. Like, I've always been terrified of getting attacked by a dog. And that bit, I was like, run, Michael! God damn it, just run! <laughs> and wasn't he afraid of dogs as well, I think? I've read. You know, from, from what I hear, like, from what I've, I've, I've read, he didn't like dogs, but um, but I, I think I saw a picture of him, and then somebody else claimed that he actually had a dog, but I'm like, I don't think there was any dogs at the Neverland Ranch. There was when he had kids. And I think there were maybe dogs from the people that worked at the ranch that sort of just lived. They didn't maybe not live there, but they came to work with their owners or something. I think there were dogs on the ranch. But none um, that Michael owned, I don't think, right? But, I don't think he owned any until the kids wanted a dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. didn't Prince and Paris get one? Yeah. Yeah. Just thought of a weird scenario that Michael 
could have been in during his life. Can you imagine if he was like filling out sort of like a a government sort of information form and an owner asked him like, "Do you have any pets?" It's like, <laughs> it's like um, yeah. yes, I do. <laughs> I'm gonna need a bit more room to fill this yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, but dogs probably not on that list. No. You'll have creepy spiders and snakes. That's fine. But yeah, yeah no dogs. <laughs> but yeah, those dogs, they used to scare the bejeebus out of me. And the spiders. Oh my Freaky. God. Yeah, the spiders freaked me out a lot. Yep. Still do. Creepy. So yeah, Moonwalker. Nice one. All right. After Moonwalker, what came next? Mm. Dangerous Era, Michael was definitely doing horror stuff, but it didn't come out. So the ghosts, the first version of ghosts. Is it scary? That's right. For yes. Adam's family values, the, the hilarious sequel. Yeah. So he was hardcore into horror stuff during that time in the studio and also doing film projects as well. But it's only sort of leaking now. It never came out Thank at the time. Thank God. Yeah. It's my best leak that came out was, is it scary? I watched it again yesterday um, it's actually really funny how we never noticed before this leak came out that some of the shots just do not make sense. They just do not match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's shots used from the 93 version in the 90, was it 97? Yes. So, yeah, there's like shots complete, like, you know, the crowd walking with the torches and then all of a sudden in the new version, it's like, well, where are all the little kids that were in that previous shot? Some shots of Michael doing special effects stuff with his face. The hair is not the same hair in the new version as it was in these early special effects shots. They've actually still lifted. And it's like, how did none of us even realize this, that what we were seeing actually included shots from the rumoured version we'd, we'd wanted to have seen forever. Yeah. It's funny how now that it's so easily to spot these things, but for decades we just were blatantly ignoring it and not noticing. Yeah. There's some creepy-ass stuff in the 93 Is It Scary version, though. Like when that guy is coughing the key up yeah. to unlock that door, you can see the key moving up his neck as he's choking <laughs> on it. That is nice. scary. That is creepy as. Yeah. And like when his face, when he rips his face off the skull and laughs and then throws his face and hair at the mare. Mm. And then the mare is like holding it and then he sort of throws that into the fireplace and Michael's face and hair is in the fireplace burning. Yeah, there's some pretty freaky stuff going on. Very creepy stuff. But thank God that leaked. I don't think, apart from that, I don't think he was really, he was, he was, I think during this time, more focused on socially conscious stuff and material and wasn't so much into the horror theme. Um, yeah. I think it's kind of more you have to get to the history era before you start seeing that stuff come back. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess the song, though, Is It Scary, that would have been from around that time. Yeah, the, those songs, a lot of the stuff on Blood on the Dance Floor, pretty much all of the stuff from Blood on the Dance Floor come from the Dangerous Sessions. So Teddy Riley uh, was very involved in the title track, Blood on the Dance Floor, and also Is It Scary and, and all that stuff. Yeah. So 
Yeah, but I think there's some stuff on history like that we can delve into. Like for me, I don't know about you guys, but the song Little Susie is creepy as hell. Oh, yeah, yeah. I did I did a, whole, uh, a podcast with that, uh, with the story about that on there. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's very dark, dark themes. For me, it's the themes that are the scary bit, not so much the music. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's actually quite a sweet sounding song in a lot of ways, but it's when you read the lyrics, it's oh my god, terrible. Oh yeah, well I don't know. And to me, it sounds creepy. You have a, you have a. It starts out with a with a child with a toy box. You that's know, it's right. like in, so every single one of those themes is like comes from like Nightmare on Elm Street. You know, it's like la 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 la. It's just like, it's like that's kind of creepy. And then all of a sudden. It goes, dun-dun. and then, then the first line he says is, somebody killed little Susie. <laughs> it's like, that's creepy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and then, and then like the whole story is, jeez, uh, I'm forgetting it now. Oh, it's about um, a little girl who was uh, beaten and uh and uh molested and and left for dead at the at, at, at the bottom of a staircase you know it's it's a very it's a very tragic story uh little Susie's story yeah i mean there's actually two different stories of her but uh, the one that 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 mainly what it was based on was the girl that was beaten and uh and uh, molested and thrown and and left for dead uh, but the other one is also the girl in the red dress from um, Schindler's List, which also ends up dead in a pile of bodies. So uh, yeah. both of the stories that it could that it could be about are just very tragic, you know, eerie stories. Yeah, definitely. And even though, like the history booklet, like isn't there like a there's a picture in the booklet, like a painting of a girl? Uh, oh, of her feet. It's a very yeah. I can't remember the artist. No, there's one where she there's a girl in the corner, like the corner of a wall, and she's like looking up to the sky and just screaming. Do you know? Oh, that? yeah, and yeah. She's like in a singlet yeah. and like undies and or something, and she's just like looking up to the sky and just screaming, like she's. I don't yeah. know. It, I didn't. I never knew what to make of that. Whether she was like terrified of something happening in her house or whether it was like a horror theme, but like there's some, he was mm-hmm. definitely d- dabbling back into horror stuff big time during the history period. I thought. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, little Susie's where, where it is most evident. I think it's not an easy song to listen to. I don't think like, I don't feel comfortable listening to that song myself. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like I, when I actually, probably when I first listened to that album, I would skip that song a lot. Not just because I didn't like, I was too young to even care what the message was about, but I just didn't really like the song as a kid. But as an adult, I actually really, really, really enjoy that song until I read about what happens. And now I'm just like, wow, this is really messed up actually. Yeah. So Mm. could you, could we even call it a a horror song? Is it like, is it about real issues of, you know, abuse? Like, yeah, I mean, it, 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 if, if, if from what I researched, what it, it was really about, it actually is about real things that happened. But I still think that it it it, uh, it, it can be justified as horror because it is very scary. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, and, and those are. I mean, those, in in movies, it's it could still be a horror movie even if something you know if somebody gets beaten and you know killed. So yeah, yeah.
Hey, this is Taj Jackson of 3T, and you're listening to the MJ Cast. So history happened, and then Michael's probably his biggest horror project ever came out. It did. And I got to see it in the cinema, and it was awesome. <laughs> and I hate you. Lucky. So, like, <laughs> you had to get it, tickets for it by buying the history album at a certain music chain store in Australia. I don't know how it worked overseas, but over here. And I'd already spent 50 bucks on that double disc album back in when it was first released on the day of release. I had it pre-ordered. So I had to go and spend another 50 bucks to get this white and purple invitation for two people to go and see uh, this special screening of ghosts at the cinema, which was pretty cool. I actually took a girl to that. Um, and yeah, and cause we seen maybe a picture of Michael filming it in the sort of ghoul makeup, the one of the big hair and the scary face that sort of looked like a horror version of Michael Jackson and the white shirt, probably like when he was the super ghoul. Yeah. Um, and we'd seen pictures of that in tabloids, but they had said, oh, this is for the too bad video. So, like, every week I'd go into the music store and say, oh, when's the Too Bad single coming out? When's the Too Bad single coming out? And they never had any information on it because, it, of course, never was coming out. It wasn't even for a music video specifically for Too Bad. The whole time he'd been um, filming, again, the the movie Ghosts in its latest incarnation. But, yeah, it was awesome. And at the time, the only song in the film was Too Bad, and then in the credits it was Ghosts. And that was the first time we'd ever heard the song "Ghosts." Mm. So, so when you so so when you bought the album, it comes with the invitation as well, or it was like they gave it to you, so it wasn't like oh, okay. put into the it wasn't put into the CD case. It was like a small, maybe a three size card that they oh, okay. would, that gave to you. Then you took that, and thankfully, I think you got to keep it. I think, I think I've got it somewhere. Yeah. And then they played it. I think you could actually buy tickets to it after they did these invitation-only screenings. I think they could then screen it for a short couple of days at the cinema. What were your thoughts on the film when you watched it, when you came out of it? Blown away. Like, because the special effects were pretty awesome for 1997. Some of them were a little bit funny, but, like, on a whole, it was special effects central, like mind-blowing the story really sort of, you know, we could sort of then look back and go, well, was this sort of like how it was for Michael? Because at the time we didn't really know that there was an earlier version of this Yeah, that this was based on with a lot of the similar sort of themes carried into this new version of Ghosts. So I like the dancing blew me away and I always loved the song Too Bad, so I think to have like, you know, what, a 30-minute movie basically of a Too Bad video clip was pretty cool. Some of the special effects changed in later versions, like yeah. the, the transformation of the mare, that special effect changed. That's probably the one, one main one that I remember. But, yeah, coming out of the cinema, I was like, oh, my God, this is like the coolest Michael Jackson thing ever. Ever, and, ever. and it had this less awesome. songs, didn't it? The cinema version had less songs than what came yeah, out. Yeah, all later. it was was too bad, and then ghosts in the tr- in the credits, and that was it. That's it. And then so, is the the one that got released on VHS has is it scary? Yes, 
Or LaserDisc, I think, or something. No, we got it in – so in – except in America, there was a box set released called the Ghost Box Set, and it had the VHS. It had the Blood on the Dance Floor album. It had a picture disc single of On the Line, and I think it had a remix of Is It Scary on there as well. Maybe Ghost, but definitely a remix of Is It Scary, I think. Yeah. Um, and then it had – I don't know what size it would be, like a, a small version of the program from when the film did a premiere at the Cannes Film Festival and it had this beautiful glossy program. So we got like a small version, yeah, still glossy and incredible artwork in this box set. So I guess we'll get to talking about Blood on the Dance Floor as an album a little later, but just in, the, in terms of the film Ghosts, like, I think we need to talk about this as a comparison to Thriller because, I mean, Michael himself, I guess, was very self-aware of his own past and what he'd accomplished in the past and wanted often wanted to beat what he had done in the past. That was his aim with a lot of different things, I think. And Ghosts, for me, was like an attempt to uh, beat himself at what he accomplished with Thriller in terms of what he could do with a short film, uh, technically, and when you, if you were to do a tick box uh, as a list of like and match up ghosts and thriller, in a lot of these tick boxes, ghosts would win. Like in terms of film quality, bam, ghosts. Special effects, ghosts. Technical dancing, like the actual technicality of his choreography, ghosts. Amount of songs, ghosts. Like all of this. All of these things you would think would be better about Ghost. But for me personally, as a Michael Jackson fan, I love Ghost. Don't get me wrong. It's like amazing and I watch it all the time. But for me, it doesn't match up to how awesome Thriller is for me. And, and you know, I'm going to be devil's advocate here. I'm not a fan of Ghosts. I'm just not. Um, as far as because like Too Bad has never been one of my favorite tracks. I, I, it's not that I hate it. I like it. It's just never been one of my favorites. But on the other hand, I love Is It Scary? Like, Is It Scary is definitely in my top 10 favorite Michael Jackson songs of all time. Yeah. Um, so I do love Is It Scary? Blood of Dance Floor is definitely one of my favorites uh, as far as, the you know, everything that's in that. But, yeah, I just was never a fan of Ghost. I, I don't know what it was, but it just it never grabbed me at all. I'll tell you why I didn't like it. I, I love it, but, like, what I don't, why I don't like it compared to Thriller is... I feel like Thriller is very self-aware in a clever way. It's like poking fun at itself because of the era that it was supposed, you know, meant to be portraying. Whereas Ghost is there's parts of it that I think are really unintentionally cheesy. Like the the whole group of people watching Michael and the kids laughing and you know, the acting, the, the acting, especially the lady, the blonde-haired lady with the fringe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, there's people in that that are terrible actors. Like, they're shockingly bad. And I just don't think it comes across as intentional, <laughs> even if it was. Yeah. And it's just a little bit cringy at moments at certain times. But that's me. That's just me. I, there's things I love about it. You know that. So pe- people have always said that Michael, when he took over the character of the mayor compared to the 93 version, is it scary, that he sort of based that character on Tom Sneddon. Had you guys sort of heard that? 
Yeah, I've heard that before. <laughs> it makes sense. It does, but I read some tweets from someone uh, at email Raven. Raven Woods did some tweets a couple of months ago, which sort of blew my mind that he maybe didn't base it on Snedden, but there is a very uncanny resemblance to H.C. Strider, yes. who was the Mississippi sheriff who presided over the corrupt investigation of Emmett Till's murder, a young black boy in the South. And that sort of blew my mind because I see a very strong resemblance. If you now, just pre warning, if you Google HC Strider, please be careful. There are some very distressing images in the image search. So just be aware of that. And I pre warned you. But if you do have a look and see pictures of this HC Strider, uh, this Mississippi sheriff, like I definitely see some resemblance and it absolutely could be completely unrelated and coincidental but michael knew his history yeah i would say she's right i don't know if raven woods was the one who made this discovery but she for me that's where i saw that's where you saw it in, in her tweets yeah i think that it's too the, the similarities are too much to be coincidence, I think. But I also think multiple things could have influenced that character. Like it, I, yeah. I, yeah, I think for sure HC Rider influence, but I also Strider, think Strider. Strider. But what Michael was dealing with, with, you know, the, you know, Tom Snedden, the district attorney of that area, like uh, really going on a witch hunt after him. I, I got to say, come on, like how could Michael not feel like he was being, you know, tr- uh, how could he not feel that somebody was trying to chase him out of Santa Barbara? But yeah. he had done that version with uh, that character before that had even happened in 93. But wouldn't it have been going on at the same time? I don't Wait. really think so. I'm going to say 93, I mean, because that's the the same year as the allegations. Um, yeah, I think, isn't that why it sort of shut down? Yeah, I would I would think that at that at that point, he wasn't, like, as soon as that happened, he didn't work on anything. He was just distraught. So um, I don't think that he'd be able to, for because sure, he was, work on a, yeah, a movie. He was filming this in breaks of the Dangerous Tour. So that was sort of mm. stuff was in the can, before yeah. any of that broke and before Snedden mm. started trying to find charges. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a really good point, and I would agree with that. As far as the, the differences between the 93 and the and the uh the 97 versions, did he was the were the um was the script the same? Did he still say the same things to him like you're a freak, you're a weirdo? Were those th- were those things still in there from the at the uh, from the ninety three one? I don't remember. I think the basis of it was very like the the sentiment was there, but I think the script was expanded upon and more pointed and targeted and a bit more vicious in okay. the in the ninety seven version. Yeah, it the, the script developed to be a lot more vicious. I think. Okay. Yeah, because like I always felt when with those lines of uh, attacking, you know, yeah. himself in that way. He was kind of saying, you know, like, I understand this is how you guys feel about me, you know? Oh, sure. <laughs> Definitely. And so I, 
I didn't know if that was yeah. I mean, yeah, because I mean, it definitely it it harkened more after after '93. So if the, I don't know if the script was the same, so it's a lot darker in the '97 version, I think. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, and that's where we might be seeing some of the, you know, his reflections on Tom's dead. Yes. Come through yeah. maybe in the later version. Yeah. But interestingly, yeah. he the 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 mayor in the '97 version looks like. The guy you were talking about earlier, it looks like him more than the very much. Yeah, the yes. ninety-three one. Yeah. The glasses, very much so. Yeah, yeah. So the songs from this era, I guess your favorite Jenkins is Is It Scary? Oh my god, I love that song so much. It's such a good song. It's funny how the songs, Is It Scary and Ghost, share lyrics. That always blew my mind when the album first came out. I was like, hang on, hang on. Did I did my CD player skip? Is it exactly, the yeah. same song back? <laughs> yeah, I felt the same way. I was like, wait a second, wait a second. Because um, I, I was, was kind of young when it came out. So I was like, I was like wait a second, wait a second. Is, is this the same song or is it? Is he? So I guess that's why they called it History in the Mix because I just figured that they were just all different ideas that he had that just ended up on different uh, different tracks. But it was a set, you know, they're like, let's try this song this way or let's try the song this way. And he was like, I like both versions, put them on there. Yeah. So it's pretty cool that the lyrics are in both songs, especially it's the first verse, really. There's a ghost out in the hall, there's a ghoul beneath the bed, now it's coming through the walls. Now it's coming down the stairs. And that's really the same lines for the for ghosts and is it scary to open the tracks. And then they completely just go on different paths. God, I always thought just, just the way that is it scary builds and then and then just the oh, the, yeah. the, 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 the the breakdown. It's just it's just insane how I mean you got this thing coming up and then it clack, is it scary? I mean, like it just it's just so epic it's like i just think that's one i mean aside from like you know earth song that's just one of the most epic parts because i mean you just tell he's giving it everything he has when that breaks it's just it's crazy it's like i remember just driving around just listening to that to with just the or i wasn't driving i was with my family <laughs> i was too young but uh li- listening to it just having it cranked and then just when that whenever oh man still to this day i get goosebumps whenever i have that up loud and that it just hits and oh man i love it and just like incredible lyrics for Is It Scary as well. Like, mm. am I amusing you? Just confusing you? Am I the beast you visualized? If yeah. you want to see eccentricities, I'll be grotesque before your eyes. Like that always really stayed with me. And then that that line about the mirror, um, you know, masquerade the heart is the height of haunting souls, just not what you seek of me. Can the heart reveal the proof like a mirror reveals the truth, see the evil one is you. I think yep. that's incredible. Mm-hmm. Like, and so true. Like, you know, I think how people react and see to Michael Jackson, I really think he was aware that that reflects on who they are as people. Uh-huh. Like, they see in Michael, uh, like a mirror, what they are hiding in themselves in a lot of ways. How Very deep cool. is that? So deep. It's crazy, and, it, and it, it, what's what's even crazier is it's such a it's such a a deep cut that not a lot of people know about that song, you know. And it was just it's it's weird. Like when we uh, a friend of mine took me to, to go see the the Cirque du Soleil uh, Immortal tour, 
and I, I didn't look at any of the set list at all. Oh, and I cool. was like, I don't, I don't want to know. And like, and I, when I told him, I was like, I was like, I'm, I know I'm going to like this, but I'm going to be pretty upset because I know they're not going to play the two songs that I want to hear. They're not going to play this place hotel and they're not going to play. Is it scary? Come to find out they played both. And I was just so extremely shocked and surprised that they put that out there because it was such a deep cut. Yeah. I'm glad they didn't ignore it for sure. Yeah. And hopefully more people discovered that sort of song. And because of that, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely love both songs as well, Ghost and Is It Scary. Uh, I don't know why, but personally, I've always kind of preferred Ghosts. Like, I know that Scary is probably a lot deeper lyrically and even more adventurous in terms of sonically, like it sounds. Oh, yeah. Very much so. But I don't know. For me, Ghosts is just, it's got this groove in it that I've always really loved listening to and enjoyed. I really liked the version of it that leaked last year. It's like, I think it's an earlier version of the song than what came out on the album, but it's actually got a real sort of bass line going through it. Like the version that came out on the album doesn't actually have a bass line. It's just got like a, like a kick drum or sort of like a, like a bass drum or something. But this version that hasn't. Might, that might be the version that played in the film credits. Yeah, it could be. It's like an alternate Teddy Riley mix of it. That's got a bass line. Huh. I, I really prefer it a lot to the version on the CD and I don't know why it didn't come out. And it's got some alternate sound effects in there as well that didn't make it into the final version. But um, yeah. we'll put that in the show notes if you haven't heard it because it's pretty rare. But both incredible songs yeah. and I think worthy of being up there with Thriller in this sort of um, Halloween sort of theme, horror theme and to be to be celebrated and included in any sort of playlist for the Thriller Night season. And even the title track, Blood on the Dance Floor, has some horror stuff going on in there. Like the video, oh, yeah, for, for sure, sure, with like the, the knife hitting the wall. And it's not as strong as Ghost Stories. It's scary, but it's in there. And, you know, and, and even to go to like songs like Morphine, where, you know, he has that, oh, yeah. just that, that eerie, you know, uh, uh, kind of kind of worship or, you know, not really worship, but... Uh, uh, praise to Dimmerall, you know, it's where yeah. you just like, it's just, it, it's, it's very eerie when you it's listen dark. to it, especially, you know, especially, uh, you know, in context of what, you know, what happened, you go back and you're like, Oh my God, you know, mm. it's like, this is, it's really creepy, you know? And those clips of the, um, elephant man film. Yeah. They sound creepy as hell in mm. this context. Oh yeah. I think that's like why doctor. Q, you and I have spoken about Superfly Sister not being one of our favorite MJ songs. And for me, I think part of it is because it just it doesn't match the theme of all the other songs on Blood of the Dance Floor. No, it like, sticks out. Yep. Yeah, and Superfly Sister is like, and then it's just not a very catchy song, you know, it's just kind of there. Mm. Yeah. Mm.
studio musician and engineer with Michael Jackson and you're listening to the MJ cast all right and then I guess after that monster yeah anything? yeah and not the Casio version we are not talking about the fake one and do not <laughs> include that in mega mixes on YouTube or else I will come and I will kick you in the shin <laughs> and I will throat punch you Whoa! Okay, I'll try to get a little bit. I don't want to get arrested. Jamie will be arrested. I'm just going to kick you in the shin and run off. Jason Capetta will come and arrest me. Well, officer, officer. Um, yeah, the real monster. The real monster. Yeah, yeah, which we know a little bit about from CJ Devilla. Yep. Yeah, so CJ Devilla was the bassist and. Uh, engineer on a range of Michael songs. He worked on A Place With No Name, Blue Gangster, a few others on the History album that I actually didn't know about until we spoke to him. But um, And Break of Dawn. And Break of Dawn. Hello. Break of Dawn. Wow, yeah. One of my favorite MJ tracks. And yeah, so he worked on this other song with Michael, a song that not many people know about. It is regarded by Michael Jackson fans that know about it as one of the most instrumentally complex songs Michael ever worked on. He was working on it from the late 90s right up until he passed away. There is a real version of the song Monster, and I have heard it, and Q, you've heard it, and it is incredibly complex and multi-layered. There's the sound of bees. (laughs) Michael got... Uh, engineer to go out and record bees, I think, or flies or something and put that into the mix. But there's like 
dozens and dozens and dozens of dozens of layers of of sounds over this funky awesome beat uh and it's an awesome awesome song but uh the version i've heard does not feature michael uh singing on anything other than the chorus and the chorus the lyrics are you've created a monster or you created a monster or something like that and that's all that's all there is but you know there's a few little tidbits we found out from CJ Devilla around uh, whether there might be some other unreleased lyrics to the song as well but we were lucky enough uh, this morning, actually, just before we recorded this episode, where uh, Jenkins, yourself, and and Q and I, we actually got uh, CJ on the line, and we spoke to him all around the unreleased song "Monster." Um, I want to ask a little bit about a song that you worked on that's quite mysterious still in the mm. Michael Jackson fan world, uh, and the oh. song is "Monster." Yes, yes. Uh, there's still a lot of sort of misinformation out there about it and, and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. I'd love for you to take us through the journey of, of Monster and what you did on it and Michael's sure. vision for it. Um, when I got to it, it was pretty involved. It was already, it was already over 100 tracks. I was at record one. And we were uh, we recorded vocals on it, so I I, I uh, made a work reel. So basically, we were in the room that had I don't know it had like a hundred and two input SSL, and we needed that actually. Mm. <laughs> I had uh, two Sony machines that were full, so that was ninety six tracks. Ooh. And um, so the the orchestra there was an orchestra laid out, huge amount of percussion. There was flies buzzing there was it was it was very experimental i mean it sounded like a very personal michael jackson song to me very personal and the and and it i would say and i use this analogy often but but it's not exactly inaccurate but it's very much i kind of took it like kind of one of his sergeant pepper songs Mm. You know that that he went kind of art instead of uh, instead of you know instead of trying to hitting us over the pop noggin, you know, like he like he's great at doing. You know, I, I, he reached down into some um, in kind of a different place for this song, more I guess more um, challenging to listen to would be the best way to put it. So it was very interesting. Um, so I had to take uh, all those tracks. I did a mix. He was coming into the studio occasionally, but then I had a long uh, two-day uh, uh, period where I didn't see him. I was at record one, so I, I, I mixed up for as long as I could and then made a work reel, which means I took those 96 tracks and I got a third Sony machine, locked all three up, and I put eight tracks down to the work track. So I had two tracks of drums on it, two tracks of effects, two tracks of keyboards, two tracks of a percussion. And then that that released 40 channels. Of yeah. Okay. So then that was our vocal reel. So after I had made that, uh, Michael would come into the studio and would sing on uh, Monster. Now, I know if, I guess Monster is the name of it. Yeah, um, yeah. The, the hook, the hook I recorded, he sang, you created a monster. That's right, yeah. That he sang. Yeah. So maybe that's the title, but maybe it's just Monster. 
Can I just ask there on on that note? Like I, I've heard this song before. I don't know what sort of state of completion I've heard it in, but I've. I mean, the accounts are right. It sounds instrumentally probably, in my opinion, the most complex Michael yes. instrumental I've ever heard. There is so much going on. It's incredible. Agreed. But the vocal I've heard. The, the version I've heard, there is only the hook you described in the chorus. There's no other vocal. Did you just did you record any other Michael vocal for oh. that song? Wow. Oh, that's a good question. Hold on. <laughs> I'm probably taking you back here. <laughs> wow. You just like, oh, my mind. I'm going to pass out. Hang on a second. <laughs> Sorry, we like to get into detail here on the show. So. <laughs> well, no, no, this is, this is a lot of fun. Um, well, um, now I definitely recall the hook because yeah. we did a huge stack. We did a lot of stacks. Then we did, yeah, we, okay. I remember filling a lot of stuff. Now we did a lot of experimental vocals. Uh, he may have sung some verses. I don't know if they were experimental to him. Yeah. I don't know. Let me put it this way. When I recall almost filling that reel, 40 tracks. Okay. Yeah. Um, now, was it with verses and a bridge? I don't know. Maybe had some skeletal ideas of that. Yeah. But I know we practically filled it. Uh, yeah. I mean, he actually, I actually had a problem. I, 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 he, he's so fast that he remembers where he is in tracks and stuff. And he wants to go back and he wants to record an idea. And then he wants to go to this section of tape and record an idea. And then he wants to go here. Now we're on tape. So this is when I made the money. <laughs> I was paid right, you know, because what made that difficult is that we weren't in pro tools. So you can't see the audio about to come up. Yeah. You don't get to see audio you, you you only it's only tape and needles bouncing so he would ask me oh there's a section of tape here i want to record something well right after that is the bridge so i have to be careful to take it out of record when he sings on a section that has something after it so the vocal section session was after about a week was getting complicated there was parts flying around all over this reel including the hook that you mentioned and um I remember he was singing something and I can see a note I wrote because I was furiously writing notes because I couldn't keep up with Michael. It's like, you know, I, I also had to keep him from making a mistake. Right. Part of my job, too, was to help him not screw up, you know. So he was singing and we were coming up to a part that I was about to record over. So I was like I was I was at a catch 22. I had to drop out. So I had to I had to drop out in the middle of a vocal. <laughs> and so I dropped out. He goes, What are you doing? And I'm like, oh my God, Michael Jackson's yelling at me, first of all. <laughs> I'm going, Mike. I'm going, Michael, Michael, it's the, the the beatbox was right on that. It was right after he goes, Oh, thanks for dropping me out. And I was like, Oh my gosh. I was like, you know, I was like, dude, you know. And uh, so by that story alone, that meant we were cramming the tape. You know, so I'd have to say there was a lot of stuff mm. um, in the rough mix. You heard, I mean, maybe the vocal session I had with him, it's hard to say I did that in 99. Yeah. I don't know. 
I don't know. Do you know of any other sessions? Uh, I know that the song was continued to be worked on throughout the 2000s. Did Michael Michael ever talk to you about the song, like Monster and his vision for it and where he wanted it to go? No. No, he... um he he did uh, he liked my mix a lot. He liked it so much that he he made me um, he made me put it to a two, uh, to a half inch analog machine, which I thought was kind of funny. He just loved it in his headphones so much. I had two days to work on it, so I wanted to uh, give him a mix in his headphones to sing against that he would enjoy. So I I really made something that'd be fun to sing against, and and evidently he responded to it. So he he liked it enough to uh, print it. So maybe that's what. That's what people are hearing, you know, and and I may have done it with just the hook in it. I don't know, because I made I did some rough mix versions for him so we could take it home and maybe sing in the car or whatever. So Michael probably had 30 versions of it. CJ DeViller. And that was a awesome uh, conversation that we got to have with him. But as far as other other horror themed songs. You know, guys, I was just thinking of one. Uh, just me, I was thinking of it. Nobody else thought it was threatened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Did you guys think about that one at all? No, it didn't cross oh. my mind at all. Not one bit. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I had actually completely forgotten, and I feel completely ashamed, because that is like, oh, my God. The lyrics and that yes. song is masterpiece. Yes. Like, I think that is the the ultimate scary ass song and it is an absolute crime that michael never got to do a video for it oh man yeah that would have been amazing yeah oh he's quoted as saying there's a quote of michael he says halfway through invincible promotion i think it was on like a radio chat or something or a internet chat with fans he actually said i can't wait to get my hands on threatened oh yeah i'm talking about yeah, when a fan asked him um, if he was going to do a video for it. And it never happened. Where do we begin on this track? Mm. Well, I mean, I guess we could start with the production. Like, it's it's definitely a Rodney Jerkins number. Like, I mean, it's very similar to Unbreakable, Invincible, and Heartbreaker. There's a lot going on in the song. Like, it's a very, very complex instrumental. In that context, can I say... This is his best. Yes. Like, it shits on all of the others. And as much as I do enjoy, like, you know, Unbreakable and most sort of things, this one is a completely different level. Do you like it more than um, You Rock My World as well? Yes. Yeah. Yep. The production on this is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Everything is perfect. Yeah, it's next level stuff. I remember listening to it in my car a lot. I had I used to have a really good sound system in my car. And especially the last third of it where there's things like there's one bit where like there's a chainsaw or something starts up. Like there's like this crazy, crazy sounds going on in it. And it's so and good. And now that I'm thinking about it, is, is that the part at the end uh, where they have the um, Twilight Zone. Um, the rap? Yeah. By Rod, no. by Rod Serling? Oh, my God. Yeah. As a as a person that does engineering and and all that music stuff, I don't I don't think people understand how incredibly difficult it would be for them to go through all that guy's speeches and then pick pick apart every single word and create this rap because that's what they did. They they picked apart every single you know beginning of uh of, of the Twilight Zones and and then put them together into this rap. 
It yeah. is, is a very tedious and difficult process, and it sounds amazing. It really that, does. That, that part of that song is just fantastic. And it's clever as all hell. I mean, Never oh, Neverland, yeah. that's the place. Yeah. Just brilliant. Like, oh, my God. Okay, I'm going to ask if you guys could just visualize a video for this song. I'll start with maybe Jenkins. What would you have done for a, a music video short film for this track? Mm, threatened. Uh, you know, I think I would do something with. Um, mm, you know, it, it, okay, yeah. I think I think what I it would go. Um, paparazzi, of course, would be there. I think they. I think it would it would be in the style of maybe a a, a slasher horror film. And um, to go just a different direction than Thriller, because Thriller is more of a monster zombie. But this one could actually be filmed like, uh, like a like a like a slasher horror movie, and the paparazzi are the murderers, and they just kind of uh, in it may, maybe maybe take the the cameras, and that's how they kill people. And you know, whenever whenever they flash them, you know, they it, it could be. I guess it couldn't be too gruesome since it's an MJ film, but. You know, it could be creepy in that aspect. Uh, I think that would be kind of a neat way to go with it. Cool. Jamin. Mm, that's really hard to think about. I don't know. Some some songs I have a very clear idea in my head of a video that Michael could have done for it. Threatened is a bit more difficult. I imagine, I guess when I think of it, like somebody being stalked in their house, like a girl or something like at night, just like in a bedroom and someone trying to come and get her and a killer. And I imagine, yeah, like, I don't know, just someone being chased maybe through their house, through streets, trying to escape them. I don't think a dance number would have been necessary, like dancing and like thriller style, but somebody just being chased and trying to escape. Maybe Michael could have played the villain for, you know, a change instead of being the centerpiece of the film, maybe he could have been the person trying to slash somebody up. I don't know. But, um, yeah, it would have been cool, whatever he decided to do. I think I've thought about this for far too long, and I formed this video in my head very early after hearing this track, and I wish I'd sort of thought about this more before the show um, and listened to the song and sort of freshened up because it's been a while since I've thought about it. But I would do a, a video clip sort of very Tim Burton-esque style. So I would have it set in like a suburban neighbourhood, very Tim Burton-esque idyllic neighbourhood, picture-perfect houses, like pastel colours, everything, you know, looks sort of the same, you know, just like beautiful gardens and lawns and trees and letterboxes and little picket fences maybe here and there really idyllic neighborhood and then this removalist van pulls up and out out and a car pulls up and a family is moving into the neighborhood but this family is a bit more real a bit more realistic like you know there's some grungy sort of clothes on the teenagers there's like a, a little kid that's maybe like always on his device and the mum and dad, you know, the mum's a bit frazzled from trying to look after the family all the time. And the dad's like this maybe a bit of a slob. So they move into this neighbourhood. 
in this new house and they're like the really odd ones out but they're like real life that's what real life is and then they start seeing the neighbors and the i think the creepy thing is they could put like michael's face on all of the residents of this neighborhood that's creepy. like whenever whenever <laughs> like they'll see like some um this old man doing the gardening and then he turns around to greet them and it's like Michael's face. Like all of these characters either have Michael's face as a kid or as a grown up, and you don't sort of see it until they start turning around and coming past the windows to see this new family. And because like Michael's, everyone says Michael's the one that is threatening to them and he's everywhere and he's watching them and stuff. Mm. And it's like, I think that would just be so creepy to show like this normal, these normal people. And they're like really threatened by Michael Jackson. Like a lot of normal people are, but Mm -hmm. in the end it's like not real. That's cool. I like that. Yeah. You win. That's pretty neat. (laughs) And they could do that now. Like they don't need really Michael to do that now. They could just, you know, CG's face from um, previous footage and just put those on, like all these actors and stuff, and have an awesome video right now. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Or if they if they couldn't do that with CG, maybe they could do some kind of like a stop motion or animated thing, or I don't know. But they could do it in a different way. But that's that is I love that. That reminds me. I was visualizing the David Lynch film Blue Velvet, like with the with the white picket fences and the neighborhoods and stuff. That would be awesome. Because that's, you know, you go into a neighbourhood where everything's too perfect and it's mm. creepy. Yeah. It's mm. really creepy. Um, so, like, there's whole communities they've sort of built like that and then they feel artificial and fake and sterile and, yeah, that that's creepy element all on its own. Like so, yeah, uh, First Wives Club or what? Is that, is that the oh, one my first God. Oh, yeah. Definitely. No, not First Wives Club, Stepford Wives. Yeah. Stepford Wives. Stepford Wives, the, the original and the Nicole Kidman version. Like, you know, that's that's a really clever story and really clever film. Um, so, yeah, something definitely like that with that sort of Tim Burton-esque feel to it where, you know, they turn the TV on and Michael Jackson's on the TV and they're all threatened by him and, yeah. I've thought about this way too much. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Michael Jackson estate, ring Q and get him to there do a threatened video. You can email me at the MJCast at iCloud.com. <laughs> I got some tips for you, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. And he obviously Michael continued to work on that song in a live sense. He he worked on it. He it was going to be included in this is it, wasn't it? Well, yeah, a short little a segment short, there. Yeah, yeah, tiny segment. Sadly, not as much as I'd like, but yeah, yeah. I'm glad it wasn't ignored. Yeah. Have you guys been to MJ One? I have. I've never been okay, to yeah. America. So. Oh really? Yeah, I've never been. They won't let him in. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, depending on who wins, I don't know if you want to come. Anyway, uh, <laughs> the. Uh, at the beginning of it, they have a this really neat version of Threatened that yes. plays. It's like a it's like a remix version that uh, builds and builds and builds as people start walking in. So like when you when you walk in, I got there pretty early, and then uh, I was sat down and they have like this. Uh, it's just like this kind of orchestrated 
kind of like like less percussionist version of threatened and then um and then it builds and builds and builds until the show starts and it, it's actually really really neat i wish that they would release it because it's like one of the neatest versions of it i've heard it is a terrific version and one of the main reasons they should release a goddamn soundtrack for that show yeah that too q do you want it do you want a soundtrack for mj1 um, I haven't really thought about it much or spoken <laughs> about that much. <laughs> but that is a really good mix. It's so chunky and it sort of makes you feel uneasy. Yeah. It it yeah. does sound like a like like a like a piece of a movie soundtrack or a movie score. It sounds really neat. I'm gonna go listen to that after this show. Me too. On a bootleg that i've got not a real one because they won't give me a real one yeah i don't i don't want real money apparently (laughs) (laughs) we'll give you chalk but not a soundtrack for mj1 in season like 52 of the mj cast i will still be bitter about not getting a soundtrack (laughs) you'll be like an old man yeah i want my soundtrack why don't you give me my contacts (laughs) <laughs> Get off my lawn and but give me a soundtrack. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, threatened is the ultimate. I think it, that is for me yeah. up there with thriller. So we were talking earlier about how it would be. Well, Jenkins, you were saying how it would be sort of gimmicky and stupid if a modern pop artist was to try and replicate thriller, right? Uh, yeah, I just, I just don't think they possibly could do it, yeah. I think what's so badass about Threatened is that Michael knew nobody else could ever copy him, so he made a contemporary thriller. It's like, nobody else can do this, but I can, because I'm Michael Jackson. Yeah. And he's like... You mean, you mean with Threatened? Yeah, with Threatened. And so he's yeah. like a 2001 version of what I was going with with Thriller. Yep, and, yeah, I take it. I always took it as that. Yeah, and I like, think it's like better. Said, like, ghosts, I prefer he's, it. He's come and does it as better and better and better. He keeps topping himself. That's how I always viewed it. Yeah. And, you know, and, and Threatened for sure, it's like just, just the way that, that the the production is built. Um, it, I, I think production-wise, as far as beats go, it still holds up to this day. Like, okay. I think some of the other songs, like um, like Unbreakable, uh, I, mean, I mean, Heartbreaker and Invincible... Like they, uh, they, they kind of, they kind of, they kind of sounded like they came from that time, from 2000 when NSYNC was doing like the pop album. It all kind of had that same kind of feel. But to me, Threatened could come out today and still be super dope. Like yeah, absolutely. I, I, I mean, because the production is, it's just, it's next level. It's next level production. For sure, it's a masterpiece. It really is. So happy to have that. So, was there any other horror stuff after Invincible? I think that's it. This is it. That yeah. was a horror show. <laughs> that it was, was, a- that was very scary. <laughs> snuff film, biggest biggest selling snuff film in history. Yeah, yeah. But we won't go into that. Yeah. I do like the visuals for the This Is It thriller. Just some elements of ghosts and elements of thriller, elements of Disney with the Phantom Manor attraction. I think, yeah, I think what they put together for that was really cool. I thought you were going to say the Phantom Menace for a second there, like the <laughs> what did Star I say? Wars. <laughs> you said the Phantom Manor. You said the right thing, oh, but okay. I was like, you're going to talk well, about Well, yeah, Star Phantom Manor is the, the French version of the attraction at Disneyland yeah. Paris, like, <laughs> which I love. It's 
even better, I think, than the American version. It's really good. Which Vincent Price also did a voice acting for the French Phantom Manor attraction at Disneyland Paris, but then they didn't end up using it. They ended up using a French actor instead. Q, you never spoke earlier about whether you prefer thriller or ghosts. Because I was hoping you were not going to ask me. I want to know. <laughs> I want. You can't escape this. What do you think's better? <laughs> you have to choose. I'm sorry, but that's why we do this. Make a choice. Thriller ghosts. Thriller, thriller ghosts. ghosts. Yeah. Thriller ghosts. Well, we're just going to say thriller because you put thriller first. So. Oh. <laughs> ghost thriller. Ghost thriller ghosts. Thriller ghosts. Thriller oh. ghosts. <laughs> okay. Sure. That is so tough. I really was reminded yesterday of how awesome Thriller was as a, as a short film. And for the time it was made, I think it, well, it obviously achieved a lot more than what Ghosts achieved, but I think it just broke so much more ground than what Ghosts did. That's not to say ghosts is bad. Like, we all love no, ghosts. No, 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 no. Oh, like, my God. I will, except for Jenkins. But everyone else. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I do really love ghosts, though, a lot. Yeah. And yeah. it's an incredible film, I think. The, like, choreography in it is amazing. And the story, I thought, was really clever, well-written. Yeah, some of the acting isn't terrific, but it's got some really funny moments. I think the makeup and the special effects, especially the special effect makeup, like the dancers, their costuming and makeup is just next level. Amazing. On point. Oh, my now, God. I, I just got to say that like, maybe if I would have seen Ghosts in the setting that you did, I think I probably would have had a better attachment to it. How did you um, see it for the first time? I was going to ask saw, you before and I forgot. I saw it on YouTube. so. Um, it like it was it was like because for some reason I don't I don't know what it was but I don't remember ever being in theaters but but then again you know I'm from uh, a, a relatively uh, smaller city named uh, called Tulsa in Oklahoma. They in Oklahoma, didn't release you know, it in the U.S. Oh, all. they never did. No. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. See, so I never, I never, we we never even had a chance to see it in theaters. Yeah. Um, and as far as ghosts go, as like I don't even remember, I don't remember it be, coming out as like ever. And it wasn't like really a big press thing, and so, uh, so yeah. So when I saw it, it was like on YouTube, you know, after he died, probably. So the link that I watched yesterday on YouTube, um, I'll probably give that to you, Jamin, to put in the show notes because the quality of it was phenomenal. It was so clear, and I was watching it on a sixty-five inch theater TV, which I tweeted photos yesterday, actually, as I was doing this homework. The quality of the picture was amazing. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is with Ghosts too, even though it's super, I guess, like it was never officially released other on that, other than on that rare VHS box set thing. Yeah. Like I would argue that the Ghosts film is the most viewed rare MJ product out. There's so many people I speak to in like real life, like students or friends or whatever. And they'll be like, oh, do you like, we'll talk about Michael Jackson. I'll say, what's your favorite MJ thing? And they'll, and heaps of them say ghosts, like the, sh the movie ghosts. That's good. Yeah. And I think it's just because it's like Michael had that saying, like 
uh, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was like good art never dies or, or something like that. And I think it's like, it's just that fact. Like it's so good that no matter, you know, where it is or how rare it is, people will find it. And, but it, it also reminds me how important it is that Sony and the estate represent Michael's best work in a good way. Like it's, I don't think it feels right that the only way you can watch ghosts is to watch some dodgy, fan uploaded version of it it needs to be out there somewhere on blu-ray or at least i mean why isn't it on the michael jackson youtube vivo thing in high definition like well i think they might have the short version on vivo i can't remember because i don't watch the short version but they might have the short one but not the full film at all it's like such a stupid thing hopefully next year and we say this every year (laughs) but hopefully next year year. there'll be something so for thriller night Cool. So, yeah. So, we look forward to reading and hearing your feedback on your favorite sort of Michael Halloween thriller night stuff. If you use Twitter, then the hashtag for this episode will be the MJ cast or hashtag, sorry, hashtag the MJ cast EP 43. And if you're going to hashtag me at all, you need to hashtag. Thrillerween, because I'm sticking with it. Thrillerween, <laughs> y'all. Come on, man. Team Thrillerween. <laughs> you know why I didn't really vote for Thrillerween? Like, I like it and it's really clever, but the word ween, <laughs> it, no. it like reminds me of it when like you're weaning. A ween? No, no, no. Like, isn't that a thing where like a, a baby animal or a baby... Stops yeah, drinking of, breast milk yeah. like you're weaning. So it, when I hear it, it's like wean. I'm weaning you. Like I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's kind of just a bit. Yeah, I don't know. But I, I think it's clever still. You're so special, James. And there's a band called Ween. <laughs> so it sticks out to me. Thriller Ween. That bit. Mm. That's why I voted Thriller Night. Sorry. Well, and plus, also the song actually says Thriller Night in it, not Thriller Ween. So it does. Yeah. I think Thrillerween would have won had it, had we spelt it Thrilloween, like Halloween. Well, I did ask that question, and some people were like, "Hell no!" Oh, really? Yeah, I think I went with the with the three uh, with the er. I, I don't know about the Thrilloween. That, that, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. um, it doesn't really have anything to do with the song. And it's just really about thrills. I think next year we should go Thriller Night versus Thrillerween versus Thrilloween. I'll do that. Yeah, I'll remind me, and I'll do the poll. Then yeah. that'll be like. Our favorite, you know, your favorite, and I think Thrillerween should have won, even though I don't like it. But like, then it'll be our kind of collective favorite. We'll be given two chances versus the one chance for Thriller Night, and we'll see what. If happens. you Google like, <laughs> if you Google thrill- Thriller Night decorations, that comes up a lot more than Thrillerween though. Like Thriller yeah. Night decorations and stuff is actually already a thing that's because when you're searching keywords thriller is already a keyword so when you type in thrillerween as one word there's no such thing as thrillerween whereas when you type in thriller night as two separate words you're going to get all these thriller related results yeah and you actually can find thriller related halloween decorations tonight's story is somewhat unique and calls for a different kind of introduction a monster had arrived in the village the major ingredient of any recipe for fear is the unknown. And this person or thing is soon to be met. He knows every thought, he can feel every emotion. Oh yes, I did forget something, didn't I? I forgot to introduce you to the monster. You're fearing me, cause you know I'm a beast. Watching you when you sleep. 
Scott Ross, lead investigator on the Michael Jackson trial, and you are listening to the MJ cast. Thank you for listening. Well, there we go. That was the remixed by Nick version of Michael Jackson's Threatened, one of my favorite remixes of all time. And on this episode, we've played some pretty um, interesting Michael Jackson songs. Uh, we kicked it off with the Jackson's This Place Hotel immortal version, followed by Thriller, James Egbert remix. After that, we played Rockwell's Somebody's Watching Me, but an Ondercoffer Halloween trap remix of that song. Next, we played an early version of Michael Jackson's Ghosts, one of my favorite alternate MJ tracks of all time. And finally, we'll be playing at the end of the show a one-minute Bence Peter piano cover of Thriller. Hope you enjoyed the music on this episode. So, boys, finds it a week? I'll go first. And I'll probably make this one pretty quick because everyone's probably already seen it. It is the making of Michael Jackson's Thriller. Uh, It came out on VHS, I believe, in the 80s. And it's a very, very cool uh, sort of documentary, actually, on Thriller. Uh, There's a whole story about it if you read... Oh, it's in all kinds of Michael Jackson biographies. I'm you pretty- don't need to read it. Go listen to um, Jenkins' latest episode. He yeah, well, I haven't heard it yet. So. It. Yeah, there you go. But definitely listen to that. Jenkins breaks it all down, I'm, I'm sure. I haven't heard it yet, but... Um- Thriller, what, what, what's the story? Like Michael financed Thriller or something through the making of Thriller VHS? Is that the story? Yeah. Uh- yeah, the way that the way that it worked out was that uh, they they got the budget together. Uh, Michael wanted to do this whole you know become a monster thing, uh, so they came out with this budget. The budget was about I think they said it was going to be around eight hundred thousand dollars, but they cut it down to five hundred. Then when they told the label that they're going to need this much money, they were like, no, because we've already put out these albums. You know, by this time, Thriller was starting to drop off the uh, drop off the 
the top 10, you know, it's like it wasn't as high anymore, but it, it had already been the best-selling album of all time. Anyway, long story short, um, they they couldn't get the funding. So uh, one of the guys uh, that worked for Landis said, hey, how about we sell um, a making of video to this new uh, TV channel, Showtime? We'll see if they want to give us some money. We'll give them a, a thing, and they'll be the first person to air this. And they're like, okay, we'll give you $250,000. Uh, so they gave them that, and then MTV comes along and is like, hey, what's wrong with you guys? We're a music channel. We should get this. And so they're like, okay, give us another 250000 You can air it after Showtime does. Yeah, and so the, so just making this uh, this making of funded the entire project for Thriller. And uh, when it, what John Lewis talks about um, in some of his talks is that actually the making of was just a bunch of like he, he jokes around and he says they call it the making of filler because they were just trying to <laughs> fill as much time as they possibly could like so they would just put random uh interviews of nothing and then a lot of it he's like i own american werewolf in paris put some of that in there and so they <laughs> so they would just try to fill up as much time as they could because they were just they were just doing this to make the money for thriller and actually this making of video was one of the first things of worst first times this has ever happened so anytime that you see a making of after that it was all inspired by this thriller yeah that's, that's awesome very well explained thank you uh jenkins and that's what i love about it is the fact that thriller is so cool and it's an amazing uh film by itself but when you watch the making of thriller it's like you're zooming out from that movie and looking at everything that contributed to it coming together, whether it be Michael rehearsing dance steps for it or makeup or there's all kinds of things in it that are just going to blow your mind. Make sure you watch uh, the making of Michael Jackson's Thriller. I don't think you can buy it on DVD. It was pretty much a VHS only thing in the 80s, but it's definitely on YouTube. Fans have uploaded it. It's not on the official Michael Jackson channel. Go figure, but it's really cool. Watch it. Enjoy it. And it includes Thriller as well as a part of it. It does. Okay, um, just because I don't think I've mentioned Paul Black yet in this show and it doesn't quite feel the same if I don't mention Paul Black, uh, when I went to the US to to Los Angeles in 2009 after Michael passed to, to pay my respects, Paul Black, who was living in LA at the time, he actually took me to that, I think you said it was East LA, where the big brick wall street is, where they film. Yeah, East, yeah. East LA. Yeah, so Paul took me there to see that. And I got to see that wall. And it was at nighttime, I think, pretty sure. And also to the Palace Theatre. Is that the right yeah, name of it? Yeah, that's a theatre. Yeah, which is looking a bit sad and run down now, which is a real shame, where they filmed um, the exterior of the when Michael and Ola came out of the cinema. So I was pretty happy to see those things. Thanks, Paul Black. There's your shout-out. Love you, man. Cool. My find of the week, moving on, is also a making of, and it should be released, but it is thankfully on YouTube. It's a, what was it, about 20-something minute making of of the making of Ghosts, and I'm talking about the 1997 version film which was released. So, yeah, that's my find of the week because I think it's a really well-put-together little making of. It's good fun, very 90s. I think MTV put it together when they may have screened it in the US. Yeah, it was either MTV or VH1, one of those. Yeah, one of those ones. But yeah, that's my find of the week. It's pretty cool. Link will be in the show notes at themjcast.com. I love the bits in that where Michael's like in the red shirt and he's like on the floor of the set practicing the dance moves with Lavelle Smith Jr. Oh, yeah, like tapping it out, Mm. like scene. Yeah. That's cool. Very cool. 
We spoke to Lavelle last year, last the first Thriller Night special. So if you haven't, go back and listen to that episode. Yeah. Talked about making of ghosts and that. It's actually our consistently most popular episode on iTunes, that episode. So well done, Q. I'm not on really? that one. People okay. like it because I'm not on it. So No, that is not true. <laughs> People like it because my audio quality is horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> Jenkins. Mine is the making of threatened. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I want to yeah, see that. I got excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just leaked just now. Just it, uh, no, mine is the. Uh, I, I I wanted to. I, I had to put it on here because I want to talk to you guys about it. But the Jackson's Variety Show DVD. I was at a this thing called the Wizard World Comic Con. It's a thing that travels all around the U.S. It has different vendors in it, and one of the vendors was selling these bootleg DVDs. I don't know how in the way how in the world he was getting away with it, but it had he had DVDs for everything. And I, uh, they were pretty expensive because he knew that you can't get these things anywhere else. Like uh, Muppet Babies is one of them. He <gasps> had, Muppet it, Babies are coming out again next year. They're doing a new version of Muppet Babies, everyone. Alert, alert. Oh, really? New Muppet <laughs> Babies coming out next year. That's awesome. All right. Yeah, indeed. All right, back to the back to oh, yeah. schedule programming. <laughs> Thanks for that, Q. <laughs> Dude, no, I love Muppet Babies. That's that's insane. So, because I, I, I actually bought the, it was a twelve disc DVD that has every single episode on it because you can't, you literally can't get the Muppet Babies anywhere because of copyright issues. Anyway, yes. um, but so I found that he had the Jackson's Variety Show. Now I don't know, I I can't find this anywhere online anywhere. The like the entirety of the the Jacksons, they did a variety show in the seventies, late seventies. Um, it had all of them on it, um, except for Jermaine. Um, but it even had Latoya, Janet, and uh, Rebe. Um, and, of course, the, just the Jackson brothers. Uh, but it was a variety show that they did. It had people like Sonny Bono on it. Um, geez, who else? Uh, I can't think of everybody that was it on it. But it had everyone on it. Yeah, and it's not available for DVD. Do, have you guys seen this before? Yeah, yeah I've I seen have, um I think I've got that bootleg DVD as well. I got that in L.A. Oh, okay. Well, see, I was just so surprised because I was like, I've never, like, I've seen, like, clips of it online, yeah. but I've never yeah. seen, like, full episodes. Mm. And so I was like, I got to buy this. So I bought it. And, yeah, it's it's in great quality. I mean, of course, it's not, you know, perfect quality. But it's 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 fantastic for what for, for being a bootleg. And it's so neat to see these things because, you know, like, seeing, like, young Michael, especially before Off the Wall or Thriller Days, doing some of these skits. And then little Janet, it's just, she's hilarious in some of these things. Uh, man, yeah, it's it's such a neat thing. I don't know why, you know, I, I made it a find of the week, even though I'm the only one that could watch it. But <laughs> <laughs> suckers, <laughs> just rubbing it in everyone's face. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm thinking actually of like just putting it on online, just using my Moonwalk Talks thing and just putting every single thing online because I I don't I, I cannot find them anywhere. You can't I can't find anywhere to buy them. I can't yeah. like you can't find full episodes anywhere. So mm, mm. yeah, do it. it's crazy. Do it. Not that I'm encouraging illegal activity, but do it, please, because I think one of my bootleg discs doesn't play in my player. Oh, yeah. It's just like it's got a fault. But, oh, my God, that would give you some hits and views for sure. It's just crazy. I mean, like I it, I can't find it anywhere. So I was like, man, it's like I, I, have, to, I have to buy this because I've never seen the full episode. So It's cheesy as hell. There's some really – Oh, super cheesy. Uh, and they do, the, they do the same skits over and over and over again about talking into a giant's ear. And it's yes. like none of it's really that funny, but – you know, and it's it's really weird that at the end they always do uh, um, uh, what's that song? Jesus, it's, it's it's escaping me now. It's a it's a Jackson Five song. 
uh, the slow one that was Mike, that was Michael's like ballad. Ben? No, that's a solo song. Um, I'll be there. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'll be there. Yeah, they they sing "I'll be there" at the end of it every single episode, and it's kind of weird. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's there's there's it, it, it definitely is cheesy. It has a lot of weirdness to it. But man, it's it's neat to see these things. It's just really neat. I think it's also really cool to just see them perform some of these tracks just in different styles and also the dancing in it is some incredible routines. Like, you know, seeing Michael do different styles or not just Michael, but the family, but Michael is the standout. Just do different styles of dance. Doesn't he do tap dancing and stuff again? Yeah. There's like dancing and, and like, you know, um, ballroom dance sort of stuff. It's incredible. And yeah, so shows, much lycra and sequins, lycra and sequins, like oh, never for seen. sure, hilarious. Michael Jackson, Blood on the Dance Floor, the best dance album in history. Blood on the Dance Floor, thirteen tracks, seventy-six minutes of music, eight historical remixes, and five brand new songs. See the greatest artists of all time in a town near you. Blood on the Dance Floor, the album now. Hi, this is Diana Walzak, sculptor of the Michael Jackson history statue, and you're listening to the MJ Cast. All right, well, that's that's nearly a wrap for episode 43, Thriller Night Special for 2016, season two. I guess we should tell people where they can find us online if they want to connect with our different social networks. Yeah, Jenkins, where can people find you and find your incredible, awesome podcast that I love? Well, thank you. Um, if you want to check out my Michael Jackson podcast, um, it is Moonwalk Talks. Uh, you could search it on any podcast platform and just type in Moonwalk Talks and it'll come up. Uh, you could also go to moonwalktalks.com and let's do it on there. Or, yeah, just follow me uh, on Twitter. My personal one is at Jenkins with two eyes. And Moonwalk Talks, of course, is on Instagram at Moonwalk Talks, Twitter at Moonwalk Talks. That's where, that's where I am. And don't forget, guys, Jenkins has a brand new episode out of Moonwalk Talks, which is a great Halloween or Thriller Night-themed episode all around the song and the video Thriller. So check it out. Yep, we break down break down all about, about Thriller. It's about, about 40 minutes long, and yeah, I, I get to the bottom of everything Thriller. Very cool. And of course, you already know where to find us because you're listening to us, and we thank you for that. But it would also be great if you could rate and review the show on Stitcher Radio and iTunes. And if there is any other rating place thing that you are listening to us on, rate and review us because it helps people find us and it keeps us above Jenkins on the charts. (laughs) (laughs) No, (laughs) exactly. I get I get pretty crazy about that sort of stuff. Like if I see we've slipped down one place on the charts, I'm texting Q. What's happening? Oh yeah. Yeah, it's 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 hard to 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 keep up those, man. Yeah, but you guys are doing really well. So yeah, but of course, you know, the MJCast.com is our portal and everything is linked from there. We've got lots of tabs across the top. And yeah, so Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all across those as the MJ Cast. You'll find us over at YouTube. Just search for the MJ Cast. And we're themjcast.tumblr.com. And please email us because we love reading your emails. The MJCast at iCloud.com. And don't forget, we have a sister show, the MJ Cast en Espanol. 
and they'll be doing a Thriller Night special also. So if you're a Spanish-speaking listener, you're very lucky. You get two for the price of one. That was a really good sales pitch, dude. Two for the price of one. (laughs) So, yeah, and you can find uh, the MJCast en Espanol over at themjcast.com slash Espanol. And they're on Twitter as the MJCast ESP. And then we also share our Facebook and Instagram and YouTube and Tumblr and email with the wonderful crew over there also. So, yeah, if you're a Spanish-speaking listener, share the word. You've got your own Michael Jackson podcast. There we go, folks. That's our Thriller Night special for 2016. Hope you enjoyed it. Have a great Halloween. Thank you guys very much for having me. I appreciate it so much. We've been wanting to get you back for so long, and I'm so glad that we did it for this episode. So thank you for joining us, Jenkins. We've missed you so much, man, and we look forward to having you back. More Moonwalk Talks, please. And come on the show more as well. I I will definitely try to put more Moonwalk Talks out. Uh, It just... (laughs) I just... I, I, every single time I'm sitting, I, I sit here. I'm, I'm like, I'm gonna do one a month, at least one a month, and then I always just get so bi- busy. I have a new album coming out, and so I'm like, Jesus, like working on that, and then also I manage two cosplay models plus regular everyday stuff. I'm just like, ugh. But I, I, I will try to put out more. So yeah, I appreciate you guys giving me shout outs and, and pushing people my way. I appreciate it. With um your music as well, so you're obviously a rapper, um, because you did an awesome rap about us on our last show. Yeah, um, that was so cool. That was awesome. Where so are you Jenkins on iTunes too? Like if people want to get your music? Yeah, um right now there's nothing on iTunes. Oh, oh. no, yeah, I, I do I have two songs on iTunes. What am I talking about? Yeah, I have uh yeah, if you just type in Jenkins, it'll come up. I like I have two songs on there. I just released actually one that is uh the, I think it's probably like a month or two ago called The Groove. Yeah, it was like so you 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 type in Jenkins on iTunes, Spotify, you'll find me on there. Awesome. It's really cool. Um, Jenkins, what are your two cosplayers? What are they cosplayers? Um, everything, really. Uh, right now, one, uh, one of them, I book them doing different uh, comic cons. She just went, did one down in Dallas, Texas recently, and she was uh, uh, she did Cyclo- uh, like a female version of Cyclops. She did um, uh, Mary Jane uh, from Spider-Man. Um, and she does a, she does an amazing Harley Quinn. I know there's a lot of girls that they're doing Harley Quinn right now, uh, but she kills it. Uh, the other girl, uh, her name's uh, at Kiki Trey uh, or Kiki Cosplay on Instagram. She's fantastic. Um, and uh, the other one, Brittany, she just did. She's been oh, she did Ramona Flowers from Scott Pilgrim, and that was fantastic. Uh, but she also she also got like uh, went viral recently uh, from a Cortana cosplay she did from halo it got hundreds of thousands of views on that thing so awesome so they get to live like halloween every day or every time every every day that's cool um and yeah what are you guys doing for halloween jamin anything happening up in country queensland Mm, the only thing is there is like a haunted mansion on the main street of this town like, really? Yeah, it's like a normal dude's house, but he turns it into like a haunted mansion style house every year. Oh my god! Yeah, it's, I would it's, be far too scared to do that. I can tell it's you now. Out of control, what he does. Like, it's all like lighting and audio visual stuff, and so spooky. And he'll have people from the community come and play different characters there, and you walk walk through the house, and it's really good. He does the same thing for Christmas as well. Um, 
so I might go check that out at some point. And awesome. other than that, probably just stay at home and watch Thriller and Ghosts and give candy to kids that come <laughs> Do and you trick get or treat. many trick or treaters? Really? Jenkins plans? Um, I'm I'm going to take my little sister uh, trick or treating. She's 11, so I normally don't dress up when I trick or treat. Like, we'll, I'll dress up and go to parties, but I don't really think I'm going to go to any parties this weekend. Uh, but I am going to go take my sister trick or treating. But anyway, uh, my wife's uh, boss, uh, the salon or whatever, they're having like this really big party, so we're going to go by there trick or treating. And she told me I had to dress like Michael Jackson this time. <laughs> so. Yeah, so I have to. I, I'm have to be dressed up as Billie Jean, taking my little sister uh, trick or treating. So cool. hopefully, we'll, well see some I good hope, photos on Insta. Yeah. Share some pictures. Did you guys see the ones that I, that I put up last year? Because I dressed up as him last year as well. Yes, I did. Very cool. Yeah. Is your sister? She was the. She was on one of your yes. episodes, hey, like the off the wall documentary one. Yeah, yeah. She sat. She sat with me and watched it, and uh, I, <laughs> I tried to get her to talk as much as possible but she's 11 so (laughs) (laughs) that was awkward and hilarious and yeah there's not many people from your family you haven't had on your show you're like please someone be on my show you've had your brother playing computer games and then you've had Mm -hmm. your mum at the jackson's concert after you guys were drinking yeah no i'd never have anybody to talk michael jackson with that's why anytime i get on with you guys the episodes end up being five hours long as i And so, uh, so normally I just have my family, you know, my family's around, and so I'm like, "Hey, do you want to do this podcast with me?" But now I think since I'm doing the more structured episodes, uh, it, it will be very few and far between if that happens. So, well, you can come and geek out with us anytime, man. Well, I appreciate it. You, you know, you, you guys are awesome. I appreciate you guys having me on. Thank you. Well, it's been a pleasure. Hopefully, everyone enjoys Halloween. No, wait, Thriller Night for 2016. And we look forward to next year's Thriller Night episode. I've already got some ideas going through my head who we could get on. I'm, I'm wondering why we didn't ask Ola Ray to do a, an interview. Because I miss Jenkins too much. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> he's, he's my boo. I miss him. Yeah. We'll have a great show next year as well. I uh, hope you've enjoyed this one. Enjoy the fortnight ahead and keep Michaeling. Happy Thriller Night all. Michael on. And don't forget to smile, guys. You can even cut and edit that last Jenkins bit to put at the um, CJ Devilla episode because he didn't say it then either. Yeah, yeah, I'll do that. I'll do a cool. Cas- I'll Casio him. <laughs> cut and paste him. <laughs> I love that that's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
J Cast. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.